171. I'm your host, Mike Apps. Very tired. A.K.A. Wheels. And with me as always. Uh, Daylight Dollar Short. David Bernie, Fable Master. And filling hey. in for Gaijin. Oh, I don't know if I can call it filling in, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm here. It's uh, Matt from Flatty M3. Uh, good to see you again, David. Uh, I think we have talked quite a bit in the past week. <laughs> Too much. We must kill each other now. <laughs> As the uh, never-ending RPG backtrack rolls on. And we didn't even get to talk about Parallel Trippers that much. I, I did feel a little shorted on that one. <laughs> Disgusting. And I didn't get to say anything about Digital Museum. Reminds me. No. I need to pick up that Grandia collection at some point. Yeah, you do. I just finished that finally <laughs> bought it the day the hour it came out and just finished it last thursday finally <laughs> that was you closing the books on two or that was me closing the books on two nice nice yeah because i i rushed through one when i bought it and was like woohoo and then got right into two and then something else caught my eye and i forgot about it until phil's like hey let's do a grande episode nice yeah, that's sitting there 30, 40, 50% done, so. And here we are. And here we are. Uh, I don't know when that episode goes slash went up. <laughs> oh, it'll be a bit. Yeah. Poor, poor Phil is uh, buried in work. As you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, get ready for... Uh... Mostly me talking over everyone about Grandia 1 and 2. <laughs> <laughs> and glad to have you on there, because I think everybody else's memories... I mean, I, I had just played it within the past year, but I think the rest of our cast's memories were uh, not as fresh. <laughs> I will take any excuse to play and or talk about Grandia 1 and 2. So, yeah, worked out pretty well for me. Mm-hmm. And again, thank you for... Uh, turning me on to i i'd heard of grande at parallel trippers before but just having you say it again and i googled it and was like oh my god there's an english tra- translation out there yeah that shocked me i could have sworn there wasn't mm-hmm. so uh but yeah no one on. will touch digital museum <laughs> yeah i don't think anyone's doing that one not a big uh, priority for most people I did see two different YouTubers that said they had an easy time going through it because it played a lot like um, one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that it plays fairly simply, but uh, I need the threadbare story that comes with bad fan discs. <laughs> <laughs> That's something. Uh, I don't think the concept of the fan disc ever migrated over to the West in any real fashion. I think there's a couple that kind of came over, but. I can't think of any, like... Like, we are spared garbage like Xenosaga Freaks and uh, Tales of Fandom. Ooh, Tales of Fandom sounds horrible. It's it's the same concept, but without actual battles. Instead, it's replaced by bad puzzles. Hmm. Like sliding tile puzzles, I think. That sounds horrific. 
Like digital museum, Grandia Digital Museum at least had the good sense to be like, hey, here you can just play the Grandia battle system, and that unlocks like concept art and such. Whereas you get something like Tales of Fandom, and it's like here's all the concept art or whatever, and the game bits are kind of non-existent. So yeah, non-main Tales games are all bad. Escort titles tend to to end poorly. The only ones I'll really stick up for are Symphonia Dawn of the New World, and that's about it, actually. (laughs) Thought there was a second. Was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, someone was. Some of the uh, Anarchy Dungeon games, though, I think. All right, you guys can ask me a question or answer me a question because I saw this uh, posted in Discord the other day. Um, my kids and I finally beat stupid Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. <laughs> oh my god. That was a grind fest near the end, and we almost got ground up. I, we, we literally stayed stuck on the final boss for a month. <laughs> I used every item, every all these experience coins. We went from level 40 to level 45 in five minutes at one point, and then it could not beat the first of the two final bosses ever again. <laughs> like we went up five levels from 40 to 45 and did work. Somehow got worse. <laughs> yes. And this was easy difficulty. So, uh, I don't know what finally made me think about it. I, my kids have been bugging me to buy Mario Odyssey. And Odyssey. I said, you know, we fin- we finish off Marvel ultimate Alliance. We'll buy Odyssey, you know, I'm trying to get them not to just, have a huge collection with a gigantic backlog like all the rest of us. <laughs> just what I need, my kids with a backlog. Um, yeah. For them young. Just give them Minecraft <laughs> and then they'll just play Minecraft oh. forever. They play you that want... over their friend's house and I'm trying to keep away from that. <laughs> Smart. That that can be when you go over his house. That's your that's your game to play with him. That's fine. We don't need it here. But uh, last night I thought, why don't I try to beat this game by myself? And I came to a realization with Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I had uh, set up our party completely backwards. We'd played the whole game. Uh, my youngest son, who's only four, who just, just turned four, you know, so he just runs around and hits whatever and thinks he knows what he's doing. And um, he loves the Hulk. So I had powered the Hulk up there couple different things hulk could do like two to three times the damage anybody else could in the party um and so he was hulk and i was venom and my six-year-old almost seven was a uh, spider-man and we had i think black panther was our fourth party member just because he was like the last one to join so everybody else was way back in level <laughs> but he was the same level as us and i mean you've got what 50 superheroes there and half of them are sitting at like level five So it's kind of pointless to waste time and effort on them, especially playing with kids this young. I'm like, no, 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 we're not going to grind with them. But last night I decided, well, why don't I try to take on the final boss by myself? See if I can do anything. I don't know if I would say I breezed through it, but it was pretty damn close. (laughs) (laughs) Me using the Hulk, the character with like three times the damage output. Very easy. Very easy. So, uh, you you know, for normal squads, it was pretty good to just let the kids have the higher power ones and me try to, you know, actually use strategy where they just brute forced it. But once I actually use strategy with someone a lot better, 
Um, my oldest one really wanted to beat it, so the two of us this morning played it and beat it with me being the Hulk, and then I went and bought Mario Odyssey, so. Nice. Nice. Now we have that, but uh, it, we played that, I think, for just an hour and a half. That that seemed good, and they could play it together. Well, I sat back and was like, ah, I don't always have to be the one doing it. <laughs> Who's controlling the hat? <laughs> that was the youngest one. Nice. I did Good take a apathy. Yep, I did have to take over any boss battle they got to. I took over the hat because that was a little bit beyond uh, the four-year-old's ability to do. Yeah, some of those bosses are pretty tough, actually. Mm-hmm. And after my Parallel Trippers game got deleted because I did not understand Retro Arch on my uh, modded Vita as well as I thought I did. Oh, that was a tragic <laughs> to even hear about. Yeah, I was talking about that last week. Um, but holy cow, I've sunk 18 hours into another game I never knew had a fan translation. The uh, Pokemon Trading Card Part 2. There was game. a Part 2? There yeah. is a part I've two. I've told you about oh this before. I probably forgot <laughs> about it. And it's got a fan translation. Um, I'm annoyed as hell at the end of it because I did pretty good, you know, powered through. You know, every now and then I'd lose because you don't have the right card. You don't have enough energy, whatever. But I never had more than like one or two battles where I could just modify my deck. And in the second half of the game, a lot of the battles start requiring certain things like, oh, I'm only going to battle you if you've got four Pikachus or I'm only going to battle you if you use water energy. It's stuff that you have. By this point, I've got a thousand cards in the game. I can make decks of anything. Um, and then you get to the second to last gym or castle or whatever the hell they call them club in this game. And you're not battling Team Rocket. It's team great rocket because you know that's totally different <laughs> and you get to the, it, the last um one right before the final boss is the colorless gym so you get in there and their decks are just made to be annoying it's just <laughs> a bunch of decks to delay one of the guys had like four energy removal cards and then four cards that could pull the trainer card back out of the discard pile so I, th there were times where I couldn't ever get an attack in. Like, I'd run my deck down and maybe I beat one of his person just because I had no energy. He kept removing every bit of energy I put on. Um, but then there was a guy who's like, oh, hey, you need the only reason I'll battle you is if you've got um, four Pidgeys. And I'm like, well, I've never used a Pidgey. Let me check. I had one Pidgey. <laughs> And, and the way that game, it's like the first game, you know, you beat someone and you get a random deck of cards and it's got 10 random cards in it. So, of course, I thank goodness someone's got an FAQ up and I pull it up and find out that it's in the Mr. Mime booster pack and who gives the Mr. Mime booster pack. And thank goodness I'm playing with save states, um, which I didn't even use until then. At this point, I'm like, OK, I'm going to beat this person. And I'm not going to get a Pidgey in the deck. So it took almost an hour to beat them three times, as well as every time I beat them, save stating, opening the pack, realizing there was no Pidgey, loading the save state, doing it again and again and again. It took almost an hour to do that. So finally get past that gym. I'm there. I'm at the castle. There's um, the final boss is like, nope, you beat these two people. You'll 
take me, you know, I'll battle you and we'll take me down. The first guy gives me a list of four cards that I need to have to battle him. I have none of them. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I think this is it. Because I, I see the writing on the wall. I'm going to need to go figure out and save state scum all you know where these four cards are then probably the second person's going to do it probably the final boss is going to do it oh it was such a bad ending i mean i'm sure i'll sit and do it in the next week or two just because i got this far i'm 18 hours in and there's three battles left but that's rough (laughs) yeah i mean what a bad mechanic yeah I, i got the ones where you're like okay well you can only use water i get it and there was times where um going the psychic guy and he's like well my psychic now have no resistance so i mean you didn't have any way to really build a perfect deck to take him down quickly and stuff like that but yeah the you got to have these four cards and they're only random drops and i mean it takes five ten minutes to have a battle against the people i've got everything i've got the battle speed turned all the way up and but it but it's a card game and you got to win the whole damn card game so yes I, I'm a little disappointed how that's ending and uh, I guess the only other thing I got going on right now is a bunch of pain I got a uh, ring fit finally I'd been wanting one during the quarantine and finally signed up for one of those websites where they tell you the second they're in stock somewhere else <laughs> and uh, I got a ring fit delivered paid just regular retail value for it on Tuesday. Uh, my wife and I both did workouts on it. She set up a whole workout routine on it. Me, I'm like immediately to the RPG part of it. <laughs> and Tuesday, it was fine. I, I lost to the boss of the first world once, and then I realized, okay, if I squat lower, my person's hair starts glowing, and I do attacks more, and got an area of, uh, unlocked an exercise that does area of attacks stuff and i'm like this is pretty cool i mean they really worked the um rpg mechanics into it very well and then felt fine wednesday it even was like how do you feel today i was like awesome let's do it and i went i don't know if it was because i did this but you do three levels go through like three boards and it was like, oh, that's probably good enough for today. Do you want to stop? And I was like, well, I'm one away from World 2's boss. No, no, no. I want to I want to fight the boss of World 2. Let's go. Just did one more level. Probably took eight or nine more minutes. But holy cow, I woke up Thursday. And I'm here it is Friday night, and I'm still feeling it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I think I did way too many squats. I have probably done more squats this week than I have in like 10 years. <laughs> combined <laughs> uh, i've heard that thing is a really good workout yeah yeah my wife's just sitting laughing at me because we've been working out a lot more in the uh garage all all year since january and she was i mean we do an elliptical out there ride an exercise bike and that's all i do and she started doing different workout programs that she could pull up on youtube and she was sore for mo- much of April and May. She's like, now, nah, now you know what I feel like. I can do sixty squats. Why can't you? <laughs> it's like I can if there's a big dragon there trying to kill me. We've all been there. 
Yep, and I did it. I mean, I I beat him. Then, then I was like, nope, I'm done today. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna push it. I got my 200 calories in or whatever it said I did, and kept my heartbeat at like 75 percent of where, it, whatever that meant. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it tracks a lot. It said that was really good. I was like, yeah, this is pretty good for you know burning calories and. But holy cow. I feel it. So I've taken two days off. Tomorrow, I think I'll be able to get back to Ring Fit Adventure. I know when uh, Pascal finally reviewed that, and I think it was April, I was very excited to see that it was a legit RPG. He gave it a four out of five. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's high praise from him. Yeah. I'm going to have to pick up one of those at some point. Then. One day. I definitely need to exercise more, and that would be a lot easier than trying to get on the boring treadmill every day. Yeah, I've done, I have, gosh, I picked it up almost two years ago and didn't use it for a year, but I bought for like $100 from someone up the street an elliptical slash recumbent bike. You can either do as an elliptical or just flip up the thing your feet are on and sit down and i'll tell you what man i can sit there with my switch in my hand and pedal away like crazy for about 40 minutes and nice get a nice cardio workout in and play at the same time uh but yeah, that's there's something different doing all those squats and crunches and i that resistant band is no joke that that comes with the sw- um ring fit about 20, 30 minutes into it, my shoulders were shaking every time I was trying to pick one of those exercises to attack. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, the way it is, you're kind of on a rail. Every time you go to a level, a board, you're on a rail, and you're just, you have to run. You got to pick your legs up, you got to run. Every now and then there's stairs, or you're going through a swamp, and it's like, pick up your legs. And you've got one of the uh, Joy-Cons strapped to your upper thigh. And the other one plugs into the uh, the ring, the resistance ring. And yeah, usually most boards will have about three enemy encounters. And the way you attack is you've got six different exercises that you can uh, have on your loadout. Because I finally just got a seventh, and I was like, oh man, I got to replace one. Actually, um, but they have they actually have different attack powers. And uh, yesterday or the second day I opened up ones with area of effect stuff. And so, I mean, if you really just want to do arms the whole game, you could, after a few encounters, just keep doing the arm ones. But uh, the each attack has a cooldown, too. So if, like, the first round you're using one where you're just squeezing the resistant band, it may take two turns before you could use that one again. But I haven't found any that take more than two turns. So really, if you just had three exercises you want to do over and over and over again you could nice but yeah i was pleased the second big boss battle i had reminded me of grandia because he had <laughs> he had different parts on him you had to attack the head you had to attack the body you had to attack the arm you had to attack this grandia exercise dish yeah <laughs> i mean i would 
nothing else of it reminded me of Grandia, but that was a. Since I mentioned when I played Parallel Trippers for five hours, I thought that was pretty cool that despite the limits of the Game Boy Color, they had different body parts attacking on that thing, too. Oh, and not two hours ago, I bought a game you guys would be proud of. I uh, bought Saga Scarlet Yes! Hooray! I decided... Uh, one of us. One of us. <laughs> for a couple days, I've been just spending 20, 30 minutes here and there playing the uh, Final Fantasy Legend 1. The first saga. Uh, game. Yes. That, that, that's been rough. That may be a little bit too far back. <laughs> um, all right. So what would you pick for your party? All right. The first time I picked uh, male human, female human... Uh, female mutant and a monster. Mm. The monsters suck. <laughs> that, that's after about thirty minutes. The first day, I was like, "Okay, this is. I'm not even going to save this. I'm going to just shut down the, shut it down and shut it down and replace the monster with something that isn't awful." Yes. So second day, I did it, and I was just like, "Yeah, I'm just going to wander around." So, you know, they're. Pretty much every monster everywhere I could go, I could pretty much take care of with... I think I picked three humans and a mutant. And then I went to a castle way down, I guess, in the southwest. Mm. I, I shouldn't have been there 30 minutes into the game. No, that's where you want to go last. <laughs> I figured that out in about 10 seconds of yeah. the first battle. So... No, the first there's a cave that that you want to get to that uh, where you uh, forget you're like saving somebody's girlfriend or something. I forget what what the hell you're doing, but you, but that's the first like dungeon you want to go to, and then kind of go from there. But yeah, right, that, so. that castle is like super late game, <laughs> or not super <laughs> late game, but that's the last thing you want to do before. You finished that first world. <laughs> so, oops. but yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll start again with a, I, again, I didn't save that night. I was like, okay, I've been killed a couple times here and losing my hearts. And that seems like a bad thing. Yeah. You can rebuy them. They're just really expensive. Yeah. I figured since I was making 40 golden encounter, probably, Losing like one to two hearts for everybody and seeing the price at like 10,000 gold. Yeah. Was it going to be anything I was going to replenish anytime soon? So no, I'll, I'll, I'll give that a start again. It was just, I needed something else on the switch. So, uh, figured Scarlet Grace would be a good starting point. It is. It's, a tough, it's a tough game, but it's, it's very good. It's, I was having fun for about an hour with the battle system. Although there's like people in my party, I'm like, wait a minute, why are you in my party? It didn't tell me you were there. <laughs> Started with the blonde guy. What's his name? As you know, as we've all done at least once. <laughs> oh, Leonard. Oh, Leonard. Yeah. And he was chatting with Elizabeth, and then like. Her tutor showed up. And next thing I know, I've got Casper. 
I'm like, who the heck's he? <laughs> and Guinevere, what? I, she didn't talk, and all she she's suddenly in my party. <laughs> it's fine. This is fine. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, let's just battle. Try to knock out those people in the middle. Get the what is it? The United Attacks or whatever they're called. Yeah. I forget what the hell they're called. Unified. Who knows? The good attacks. That's what they're called. The good attacks, yes. yes. Those things you want to get a lot of. And uh, like most Saga games, I should I should be worried if I start losing life points. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not too too bad in that game I think that you just trying to remember what the hell happens you like lose them for a bit but regardless it's not good yeah it's really not good figured I should not go into the normal dungeon quite yet as I'm not well versed enough with the uh, everything oh a unified attack that's That's, the word there you go So that, that's been about it for me lately. Cool. Cool. Make sure you you let me know if you need any more help with uh, with uh, Final Fantasy Legend. Yeah. I know that game I way too well. <laughs> I keep thinking to myself, I'm like, come on, man. People did this in the Game Boy Color era without FAQs and whatever. Like, I can just wander around. People had nothing better to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like that was the one. Like RPG anytime you think about like how obscure an old game is, remember that it was marketed to people who would have five games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember those days. So do I. Let me tell you about trying to ring fun of, out of Battle Toads and Double Dragon, the ultimate team. <laughs> how come we have we ever played that wheels or did you play that with someone else? I think you played that with someone else and I remember you talking about it. Yeah. I played that with beat. Yeah. That game sucks. Well. Yeah, it's it's terrible. <laughs> Were you playing as a battle toad or a double dragon? I don't remember. They all sucked. It's the code code of the dragon. Let's all just talk about our favorite bad video game based cartoons. Uh, Donkey Kong cartoon? Was there a Donkey Kong cartoon? Great Donkey Kong Country? Oh man, Banana Slamma. <laughs> hey, yo, look at him go. That has like a bad song in every single fucking episode. <laughs> Apparently, it's punchy enough that I'm just going to swear a lot this episode, so whatever. Uh, <laughs> My kids are running around saying, excuse me, princess, oh, to everything no. lately. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Thank you, Link. Thank you. One of the one of the most surreal experiences I've ever had in my life was looking up a Japanese dubbed episode of the Donkey Kong Country cartoon. Oh, no. <laughs> Donkey Kong singing in Japanese is really unsettling. <laughs> So, you know, that's an experience. Uh, man, that cartoon's awful. Uh, the Double Dragon cartoon's really funny bad. 
Um, there's like a one that has a bunch of like acclaim properties, I think, at some point. Uh, let's see if I can find this and see if I'm my brain is making this up. <laughs> the Power Team. An animated series that aired as a segment of the video game reviewing show Video Power uh, and rerun on the USA Network as Acclaim Masters. Uh, There was a man on this TV show called Johnny Arcade. (laughs) Good old Johnny Arcade. Oh boy, Mr. Big from NARC. When you're born with a name like that, you've got to be on a video game show. Malkill from Wizards and Warriors? Oh, characters from Arch Rivals. Okay, so we've got Max Force from NARC. Uh, Kuros from Wizards and Warriors. Quirk from the game Quirk. Tyrone from Arch Rivals and Bigfoot from Bigfoot. Like the monster truck? or Based on the famous monster truck, yes. What the fuck? Oh. <laughs> I love this Wikipedia article for just having in parentheses and uh, developed by Beam Software and based on the famous monster truck. <laughs> this does also mean that an Atlas-developed title has appeared uh, on an American cartoon because they were the developers of Quirk. Known in Japan, it's Puzzle Boy. Oh, good old Puzzle Boy. Quirk's a pretty good game, actually, but unrelated. But yeah, no, I just I love ba- old bad video games cartoon, video game cartoons. That Street Fighter cartoon and Darkstalkers cartoon on USA are both horrendous. Uh, man, there's so many Street Fighter cartoons now that I think about it. It was a time and a live action movie. Two live-action movies. Two? You don't remember Legend oh. of Chun-Li from 2006? Oh, God. At least the first live-action movie is really funny. Like, Raul Julia is just really entertaining the entire time. Legend of Chun-Li is just really boring. I forgot that thing even existed. <laughs> I love the, the Street Fighter... Have you ever, like, looked up the Street Fighter the movie, the game, and how that played in the arcade? No. It's incredible. Uh, I saw like a great Twitter thread a week or so ago that was just talking about the mechanics of Street Fighter the movie, uh, the game for arcade, and like the just the general uh, way that it functioned. And it's just it's horrendous. There's so many like why why does it work like this? Why is this so broken? Uh, the the funny ones the funny intentional stuff is the way that you can like they were trying to work out uh, throw counters because throws were considered overpowered in Street Fighter Two so like but instead of being able to tech the throw to stop it from happening or like not take damage from it they instead came up with this idea of like you could do a reversal and then your opponent and like you would throw your opponent but they could do like a counter reversal what which would like throw you again instead but then you could do a slam master which was the final reversal that was allowed and that would like guarantee that you would be the one throwing the opponents very strange 
And what's also great is every time you did any of these, like the, the arcade game would just start shouting. But because you had to be activating all of these so quickly, like if you get like a slam master, it's just gonna shout reverse counter slam master. <laughs> it's an incredible video game. There's tons of bugs that can just cause characters to get stuck on the edge of the screen and infinitely like incapable of dealing damage. Uh, a lot of characters, they, they didn't know how to deal with fireballs. Like this, this is the thing that Capcom has tried to deal with essentially ever since street fighter two of like, how do characters without fireballs deal with fireballs? And this game's terrible idea was to allow other characters to like deflect fireballs and essentially the, and like that, that has its moments. There the merits. There are characters that can do that in normal fighting games, but the problem is the way that fireballs work in Street Fighter the movie in the arcade is insane. Uh, you can move them independently after they leave, and you have like ownership of them. But that also means that your if you deflect the fireball, you can still move it, and this. Inter because you're the, you take ownership of it when you deflect fireball, and this leads to this awful situation where the game has like a tag team mode. So what can happen in very specific circumstances and the worst thing in the world? So person A throws fireball, person B deflects it, knocks out person A. Their tag partner comes in. Their tag partner can also deflect fireballs. The two of them turn into the worst game of ping pong ever, where they're just deflecting the fireball back at each other over and over, and it gets faster every time. <laughs> it's a very strange game. Very distinct from the console port, which is basically just if Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo was the ugliest game you'd ever played. Yeah, I remember seeing that. It looks looked um, incredibly abysmal. Yikes. So yeah, um, video game-based media is terrible, but um, I'm a big fan of all of the garbage that I just described. <laughs> we don't have any questions, in case it wasn't obvious. We have one we, question. We actually do. I forgot somebody sent me one today. Oh, man. Oh, look at that. So we've got two, is what you're saying. Yes. So this question is... Oh, God, they sent stuff after this. Where the hell is the question? Uh, which 3DS games would you like to see remastered for Switch? For me, I think Shin Megami Tensei 4 Collection would be top of my list. That'd be nice. That would be feasible. Those games will languish if they're not ported somewhere. Yes. Ah... Hmm. Uh... Put Ace Attorney's 4, 5, and 6 on Switch, please. I'm just going to throw out that you can also put DS games on this list if you so desire. Uh, Radiant Historia is doomed again. <laughs> I, I haven't been able to get through that perfect chronology. I got about halfway through and set it aside back in May. I don't know. That's, that's a good game. I do need to get back to that. Well, I'm sure it'll get a switch port uh, right as we're about to switch to switch to <laughs> switch. Yeah, to. but that might actually be backwards compatible. So it's true. You know, it's true. 
Surprised Wheels is not uh, dreaming the impossible dream of them somehow making Etrian work. No, I, I don't think that would work. <laughs> You've given up. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're apparently working on an Etrian for the Switch. We were told that two years ago. Um. Okay. Oh yeah, there was a image, like just it was a shadow. It like had a shadow field and like it said that they were going to move onto the Switch. Huh. It was uh, announced right around when Shin Megami Tensei Five was announced. Okay, so we might hear about it in a year. Uh, <laughs> so it, I'm wondering if now that they've actually confirmed, hey, we're getting Nocturne, we're getting number five, we're actually alive, we've been doing something for the past two years. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe there'll be a hint of an Etrian in the future. I mean, it's not like there's not a bunch of other TRPGs out there for the Switch that... Yeah. I mean, I know they can't do the mapping exactly the same, but there are plenty other models of out there how to map. I mean, you can just make a really good, like, traditional dungeon RPG and... Yeah, exactly. Look like I mean, train and there you go. Mm-hmm. It'd lose some so, of it lose some of like the original charm, but you know it's not it's not necessarily the worst thing. I mean, they're not out there trying to sell a million copies, so I'm yeah. sure they'd like to. But... <laughs> you know, they know what they are. They're they're like Atelier. Atelier's tasted success. Rise is gonna gonna go to their head. Yeah. It sure did go to their head making that sequel. You haven't had a Atelier Blank 2 since it's Atelier Iris, of all things? Mm-hmm. And I don't know so, if that yeah. even counts, because that was... It doesn't have, like, the same characters or anything. This is an actual yeah, continuation. Yeah. yeah, that was always weird, because it didn't ever, ever seem like Iris was one anyone particularly liked to begin with. <laughs> It's, it's, I did play Iris 2. Eternal Mana? Yeah. Right? Iris yeah. 1 is Eternal Mana. I think 2 is oh. like Azoth oh, of Destiny yeah. or something. Okay, then I played the first one. But it's still so weird that that is the first the first game in the series we got. Considering It makes perfect sense when you realize that they were terrified that people just didn't care about uh, item crafting. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I'll tell you what. I played it. And I didn't play another one until last year with Lulua, so uh, <laughs> maybe there was something to that fear. I feel like the problem is more that Adelier Iris is not a particularly good Adelier game and throws out th- a lot of what makes the series interesting. That is true, yeah. It was, it was, gosh, it's almost like saying it's like a Chemco RPG these days. Yeah, it, it's just kind of generic. It, it completely was. I mean, even back then, I didn't have a huge backlog in PS2 times. And heck, back then, I was, uh, back in those days, I was married to a pharmacist that made like four times my salary. So uh, all summer long, I had nothing much to do. I didn't need to work summer camp. I didn't need to do this, didn't need to do that, didn't have kids. Just like you know, play a lot of games, and even then, it was very uninteresting and made me not want to. <laughs> and you don't even play as Iris. That, that bothers me. 
She's not even a party member in Iris. <laughs> Why did you do this? Why are you like this? Why can't you be like your brother? Like all your other brothers. That, that, you, you've got 20 brothers. Why can't you be like them? <laughs> Maybe don't be like the ones that are buggy. Mm-hmm, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, so that's... uh. Yeah, those those would be the top of my list for things that I would actually want ported forward. Uh... It might be nice to have... Um... No one else is going to want this, but I would like a remaster of Paper Mario Sticker Star. I'd play that, yeah. So Consign... just, just you and me. <laughs> Consign Mario and Luigi to the dustbin of history. Um, no, they would probably actually just have to package that with other, unless they unless they get real foolish like they did with the Bowser's Inside Story. Yeah, remember that? Remember that selling some of the worst they ever sold in history? Dark times, dark times. That probably shouldn't have been a 3DS game. Let's be real. Yeah, that was a nonsensical choice in from basically every direction. 3DS could already play Bowser's Inside Story. Yeah. Why didn't you why didn't you make it on Switch where you couldn't play Bowser's Inside Story? <laughs> I don't even want to play Bowser's Inside Story. I think that the game's quite boring, but it doesn't make sense as a 3DS game. I don't understand what happened. <sighs> Wario and Waluigi partners in crime never. Oh come back that god. Damn it, I want that game. <laughs> <laughs> but also, as it turns out, the game I wanted was uh, Paper Mario with the Origami King, because that game is oh, man. so people, freaking people. good. There seems to be real positive buzz around that one. Yeah. I, pick that up. I uh, blew my uh, July budget on video games on uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which I don't regret, but it is not Paper Mario and not relevant to this discussion. <laughs> it's very pretty, though. Good excuse to wander around an open-world uh, medieval Japan, so that's fun. Nice. What if you were a ninja, but also a samurai? Finally answers the important question. I thought those two were, like, mutually exclusive. Uh, yeah, but, you know, sometimes sometimes yes, you just but, gotta do what you gotta do. But sometimes no, because it makes a cool video game. Makes a cool video game. There's drama around the concept, you know. Your character is very sad that he has to do dishonorable things, like be a cool ninja. But does them anyway? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And then, like, the people that are allied with him are like, I thought you were an honorable samurai. And it's like, yeah, but I have to. I have to do this. Yeah, but ninja-ing, ninja-ing is cool, man. I have to do this because when we tried going out and fighting the Mongols as honorable samurai, we got completely slaughtered. <laughs> and I'm the only one left because of that. Whoops. But you have the option of trying to play it like a samurai. You have the ability to call people out for a standoff. It's a good game. It's a good game. Not an RPG. It has RPG elements. Not an RPG. 
sort of like uh, Assassin's Creed 2 era Assassin's Creed level of RPG elements. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so do we have any other 3DS games for Jones and to see uh, ported forward? Oh. Uh, I almost said Rune Factory 4 and then, oh, they already did that. That already happened. Yeah. They already did it. I already reviewed it. It was very good. They did very good with that. But will you be a friend of Mineral Town? I will not be a friend of Mineral Town. <laughs> I've actually sworn a blood oath against Mineral Town. <laughs> you know, I, I thought after Rune Factory earlier this year, I was like, okay, that's my like, that's my town sim game for the year. I can only do that. I, I do enjoy them, but you know, yeah, at you some only point, need so much of that. Correct. Yeah, it'd be like playing Atelier. I can't. I, I don't think I could play four or five of those back to back to back to back. You know. Yeah. Um, Let me tell you about every time I try to play five Tales games at once. <laughs> well, I, I've done that many times. It's not very. Yeah, smart. we we often did that as part of really ill-conceived bets, actually. Yes. Uh, it's like, oh, these games are super padded and really stretched out. This is stupid. They're super padded and really <laughs> like I, even being super padded wasn't the problem. It's that they're really similar. Yeah. Like, that's that's the thing that's always the killer with that kind of thing. It's like, oh, this is a really neat game. Why am I not playing more games? Like, oh, because they're all exactly like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, there will be differences in quality, but in terms of what they're attempting to achieve, there's very little difference. Yeah. Yes. Once I've raised my farming ability to the fact where I can automate it to some point, I don't want to start another game where I have to water every little crop square at a time <laughs> but Wait. i got i got caught up with graveyard keeper this summer and oh yeah yeah you talked yeah, david about you already heard me talk about that uh, i won't go into that but that that was different enough that it was really good stay tuned to the final lap on that uh aforesaid grandia rpg <laughs> backtrack <laughs> if you're interested in that fast forward to about the three hour mark and uh <laughs> I could have made that go on much longer if I was feeling particularly vindictive. Did you almost reach Disgaea length about two games? It was, two a, games. It was about four games. Oh, you did all four. four. Okay, never mind. Mm-hmm. It should have been about six games, but we weren't allowed. Yeah, Parallel Trippers, I had to slide into the uh, final lap. Yeah, yeah. And I could have probably gotten at least 20 minutes about how fascinated I was by their approach to a fan disc. <laughs> But yeah, no, we actually hit, uh, like, it's, it's worth noting that the extreme and three impressions are greatly abbreviated, comparatively speaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, that'll probably be three, three, four-ish hours. Yeah. We recorded over a couple, couple days, a couple hours each time. It was incredible. We got, uh, we got through with two... And it suddenly became a question of, can we really finish all of these tonight? This seems like a bad idea. (laughs) Uh, And it was probably earlier than we are tonight doing this. (laughs) Yeah, but we're all broken, and we probably won't be here for three hours. With our uh, plethora of questions? (laughs) We we have other things to talk about as well. There will be Final Fantasy VII Remake discussion. And AU Den Chronicle. Yes. Oh, yeah. That, that, uh, I'm into that. But yeah, let's hit this other question so we don't have to feel guilty about not having done both questions that we got. <laughs> uh, this one was from Kroll. He uh, 
left it on episode 169, but it was after we recorded last time. And it was, late question, let's say EA decides to set Bioware for you. Ubisoft, Microsoft, and Sony line up their bids. Who would you like to win and why? I would like none of them to win, let's be real. <laughs> um, I, I don't... I, if. If Bioware were set free, I would hope it was because they had money to pursue contracts again that were not. Yeah, I was going to say, if they're set free, can they just be Bungie Part 2, please? <laughs> Except don't make Destiny. Don't, like, just throw no, Anthem into a fire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't need your Destiny bashing on the show. No, I was, I was just saying I don't want them to just be a, oh, yeah, a yeah, yeah, Destiny no. pooping factory. No, like throw, throw Anthem in a fire, please. The game blows. <laughs> It's so close to being interesting. It's no, frustrating. It's not. It sucks. <laughs> you like jetpacks. I like jetpacks. That's not enough. It would be if they were if the game was good. It's just <laughs> you, you can't sustain a mediocre Destiny clone with just jetpacks. I don't care how much weird lore they throw at it. It's just it doesn't work. It's not Bungie good. will never be able to make a game that's not Destiny again. Um see but yeah uh among those i don't know probably microsoft i feel like they would probably mesh the best with microsoft but right now microsoft seems to be being as on microsoft as possible (laughs) they are in a position they are on their back foot and therefore are trying their best to be as nice as possible so yeah. Like that's generally where you want to that's that's the point where you can usually most be comfortable with what a company is doing when they're groveling for your favor. Sure. I mean that and just outside of even their games division that they're being less Microsofty, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Meanwhile, uh, let's not think about everything that's been going on in the Ubisoft offices for uh, apparent offices for apparently decades. Uh, and man, Sony is Sony is going into spaceman territory right about now. So, is the PS5 yeah. going to be PS3 Part Two? I don't think so because it's not as actively developer hostile. And hopefully like, we'll, we'll never have another massive PSN outage for weeks. Oh, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm saying that it won't be able to, like, the PS3 was a millstone around its own neck. Yeah. Like, the, the cell was a millstone. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, I mean, in terms of, like, Sony is not currently in a position where they feel they have to earn consumer trust, so they're currently in spaceman territory right about now. So that's uh, that's generally where you make poor decisions as a corporation. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm glad that both consoles are now apparently about three months out from releasing. Neither has a firm release date, and neither is willing to say how much they cost. It seems like they're waiting for... They're absolutely playing chicken with each other to see who divulges first, because they both want the luxury of being capable of, last minute, tamping the price down to be cheaper. Which is probably good for us consumers. (laughs) 
It would be if it weren't for the fact that at this point, I think we're going to get to the point where you have to go to the store the day the thing comes out and hand your credit card to the manager, and then they'll run a credit <laughs> check to make sure that you can pay for it, and then they'll tell you the price. <laughs> if you, oh, have, you have to, to ask, have, it's too much. You have to ask the price? I'm sorry. This, uh, this isn't in your price range. Yeah. The funny thing about all this is, like, I am very into all the stuff Microsoft is doing, but their stuff is so, like, friendly that I, I don't see the need to buy their system for a while because I can play all the a lot of the stuff coming out on my Xbox One for a while. Yeah, and then you'll transit. Like, they don't care so long as you transition. Like, if you're going to keep buying things on Xbox One, that just means that you have to buy a Series X to keep playing them. Yeah. So they they don't care that you buy it now as long as you are locked in to have to buy it later. Whereas Sony is holding a Spider-Man gun to my head. Ah, uh, good old Miles Morales. Yeah. I don't think he'd be into guns. Doesn't feel right. No, it's true. Yeah, assuming that is well and truly PS5 only, I have to buy a PS5 and that at launch. I have no choice. I mean, that's what I did when... Like, that's what I always do when, like... They, oh, man, I did that for a different superhero game when I picked up my PS4. I did it for Infamous Second Son. <laughs> that was a good game. Oh, I was going to say, I never got around to playing that. It's quite good, it's quite good. Uh, Have they explained the whole backward capability fully with PS5 yet? Nope. nope. <laughs> they have just said, Good oh, enough. the top okay. PS4 games will work. And they refuse to clarify what that means. Yep. I have a feeling, uh, well, my hope is that a lot of the confusion is there's going to be, like, select PS4 games that will, like, run enhanced. But pretty much the majority will be backwards compatible, but who the hell knows? Yeah, the thing that's really like been a, a bad U-turn for Sony thus far is just that the thing, part of the reason that the PS4 launched so strongly is that they were so directly on message. And their messaging around the PS5 has been kind of lousy. Yeah, they couldn't even get the messaging around the, the Spider-Man game, correct? <laughs> Like they they like said it's it's just a remaster it's like a DLC along with a remaster of the original and then they backtracked on that and said it's a new game and they like they can't quite and then they were like okay well maybe there's a I'm not even clear if there is a remaster of origin of PS4 Spider-Man included or if that's something that they're selling separately or if that doesn't exist <laughs> but then they're like yeah but it'll be like a smaller game more like Uncharted Lost Legacy and it's like well at least you clarified that kind of but it's still very much like a okay. So does it come with the original PS4 Spider-Man or? I, this is not. This is supposed to be one of the games that actually comes out this year. What are you doing? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, I think there was a with the Dragon Quest announcement this week that. Uh, oh man, that was incredible. <laughs> Dragon Quest 11S is coming to PC, PS4, Xbox. Um going everywhere but it's a port of the switch version yeah like they're not adding the new content as like aspects to the old version it is a direct like 
port of the Switch version, which is hilarious because it's like to the point where there's like an FAQ on their website that's like, yeah, it'll it might be missing some graphical effects from the prior versions. <laughs> Because, of course, they were cut out of the Switch version to make sure that it ran at frame rate. And it's like, that's not a problem. The game still looks great on Switch, but it is very funny to me. Yeah, and, yeah, there's very... I've seen so much confusion um, about people like, well, what, is it going to look high-res? And I'm like, well, I think they're making a very high-res photocopy of a not-as-high-res photocopy. <laughs> like they they claim that it will run at a higher resolution and i would imagine that it'll run like if all you care about is how many pixels it's pushing it will push more pixels mm-hmm. but like the actual they aren't putting back in place any they don't seem to be putting back in place any effects that were cut so you're really getting the switch version but you can't take it anywhere <laughs> and that's <laughs> fine if you just want that new content because the new content is really good and substantial mm-hmm but it's also like, well, I don't feel bad about just playing it on Switch some more. <laughs> no. no, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of fans are like, oh, we're going to go buy it. We're going to have it on all these things. And I'm like, I, I've already bought it twice. I, I I support the series. I love to support the series, but I, I've paid full price twice. I'm fine. Don't worry. It's only $40. It, that is true. It, at least it's coming at a discount. I'm buying a it minor on, discount, but a discount. Expo just because, I, just for the laughs. Just for the laughs. Like, oh my god, Dragon this Quest is the first Xbox. time what that any this? Dragon Quest has ever been on Xbox. What is this yeah. product? Yuji Hori had a video all about talking about it being on Xbox for yeah. the first time. They're really trying to pursue like what big name RP, what big name Japanese franchises exist still because they also they've. Also wrenched Yakuza out of Sony's hands. Yeah, they've got Yakuza Like a Dragon is launching. I'm so pumped for that. Everyone who wants, everyone who complains that there aren't any new big budget turn-based RPGs, mm-hmm. you better be lined up. Yeah, I pre-ordered the hell out of that in my Xbox. When is that coming out? That uh, is supposed to be a launch game for PS4 and Series X, so sometime in November would likely be the case. Uh, okay. It might be a little earlier that, uh, yeah, and they actually said the the PS5 version, the release of that is TBD. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's supposed to be a launch title at the very least for Series X, which means November at the latest. Yeah, okay. It's gonna have finally. It's gonna have English. The amount of effort they're putting into the English version is crazy. Yeah. Like full English voice acting, resynced, two different subtitle tracks, one for the English like dub and one for the proper Japanese subs. Uh, like the, they're actually trying to hire like a. I, I appreciate that every voice actor that I've seen listed for it seems to be ethnically Asian. Uh, George Takei is in it for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I I might have to at least hear him like. It's he's tradition playing, he's at playing this the point. I have to play it in Japanese. Say what? I think he's playing the main antagonist or something, George Kais. Well, that would fit. But, yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, man. Speaking uh, of the games um, that don't really have a date yet, are we getting Persona 5 Scramble at any point? 
Uh, they haven't talked about a specific release date. They keep hinting at it. I think that it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be this year, which is why they haven't talked about it. Alright. You'll finally get Persona on your Switch. Just put Persona 4 and 5 on there. I, I was not... going through my... Uh, I, I've got a Facebook group that's over 20,000 members that I started gosh, three <laughs> years ago now. Just turn-based RPGs. And at this point, I've all but turned it over to a couple other guys. Um, I was I was done with social media in pretty much like April, Fair May, up. June. Smart. I, yeah, I deleted my Facebook app for like 40 days at a time twice. Um, then I just it, it was annoying not to be able to look at marketplace stuff in the area when we got back from vacation. So uh, I, I don't think I've actually looked at like pending posts to see what people were trying to post. Um, then today I just happened to click on one for a reason. And the person's like, you know, now that persona Four golden is on your switch, you know, da, 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 da. It's like, what the hell is this person smoking? I wish I lived in their world. Yeah. I was like decline. This is not on switch. Maybe I, th- I, I can only assume out. that they looked at it and were like, if it's on PC, it must be on Switch. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, because their whole the whole rest of the post was definitely about like Switch RPGs, like what else should come to the Switch and whatever. I thought maybe they just wrote Switch instead of PC, but no, they were they were pretty sold on that being on Switch. <laughs> yeah, oh, I want to live in their world. Yep. Oh man, I, I just want to briefly talk about Yakuza again because it is. That series has had a very strange decade in the West. Yeah. I remember... It it is weird to look at how much pride of place that Sega gives it now in the West. Given, I remember just sending emails to, like... Back when... I remember playing Yakuza Dead Souls and being like, Okay, this is going to sell like garbage, and it's not going to keep the series going in the West. (laughs) Uh, and I remember desperately hoping that they would localize Yakuza 5. That didn't seem like it was happening for a very long time. Then Sony, when the PS4 was about to launch, doing like a, hey, is there any games that like you'd really want us want to see us release in the West that haven't been? Just like desperately, tearfully emailing them, please, please help Yakuza 5. It's dying out there. <laughs> and... That ultimately happening, and then Yakuza 0 happening, I guess, for similar reasons, but being handed off to Sega and being terrified that they would bungle it again. <laughs> and then uh, then it slowly just blossoming into a cult hit, and then a thing that could sell millions of copies in the West. It's heartwarming. It's on Game Pass. Yeah. You can play a bunch of Yakuza's on Game Pass. You can't play three, four, or five yet, though. Give it time. How many is it sold in the West? Uh, I know that at least Yakuza 6 sold a million copies in the West. Wow. That's crazy. That's right around the point where they were like, okay, we'll try dubbing these things again. That's why Judgment and Like a Dragon both have dubs. Uh, Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's funny how different series that I enjoy are like, their levels of success, like we were talking about Atelier earlier, and was it uh, Ryza sold 300, 400,000? Something, Something like that. that. Yeah. And it, that's like their best ever, like by far. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like there's always uh, like these, you you can see how different companies have very different expectations about their tentpole titles. mm -hmm. And I mean, I've loved Rune Factory ever since it came out. And um, I think I said this one other time when I was applying to write for RP Gamer, one of the pieces I wrote and I never ended up following through with it and publishing it, but it was funny that it happened later. But um, I wrote like, what could Rune Factory do to get like Stardew Valley kind of level? I mean, it's, it's a fair question. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, other than like visual presentation, it, it that's what Star Factory. I mean, Stardew Valley is. It's the same, you know, kind of thing, but just I guess people liked seeing those graphics, like the price point, like. Uh, I feel like the price point was a big deal there. Yeah, because it like I mean, lures in people who wouldn't. Tr who don't trust that they would like it without mm -hmm. uh and gosh it sold I, I saw something the other day 10 million it's up to now yeah it's 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 one of those things that like that kind of game because it's something you pick up to relax it's very much like mm -hmm. something that can just keep selling it doesn't need to worry about when it launches because it'll just sort of keep selling as long as it has good word of mouth mm-hmm so yeah, I, I, and then I think uh, like Rune Factory Four, I saw it just passed two hundred thousand for the re-release, and that's impressive. That's they're pleased with that. And I'm like, that's well, I, if it gets me Rune Factory Five sooner, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, at least we'll, we'll get Rune Factory Five. That's great yep. for a series that we thought was dead. Oh, I thought that was completely dead. That's yeah. why I wrote that piece for two years ago. I was like, well, so Rune Factory's dead. But, but what could have been done to save it? Like, yeah, who who could bring it back to like have ten percent of Stardew Valley sales? But yeah, if only somebody so, could bring Grandia back too. Yeah, that'd be nice. I don't know who I'd trust to make it, but <laughs> no. Instead, how about just another Lunar One remake? No, don't do this. <laughs> don't don't tempt them, wheels. <laughs> Can they put it on mobile? I'd appreciate it on mobile. It's, I'm pretty thinking there already there, is. There man. is. There's so much dark touch. <laughs> but have they remade it on mobile? Oh, I no. want the Ooh, remake the... of the mobile on mobile. Oh, don't do that. Don't do this to me. I don't want to see what it looks like with cheap mobile graphics. Oh, but they could make it better because now we have the iPhone 11 or whatever we're on. I don't know. Do I don't keep like track Final of iPhones anymore. On the on the iPhone. Did we skip oh, the Galaxy 10? <laughs> so I'm going to ignore everything that you're talking about to just talk about how nice it is to... I, I want everyone who has the chance to compare the box art of uh, Yakuza 3 and Yakuza Like a Dragon and tell me what you think about uh, the difference that you are seeing. I hope that everyone has at least once in their life, seen the very bad Yakuza 3 box art. Well, I'm about to. Half a face and lots of empty space. <laughs> half a face. Half of a very, a very angry, vaguely constipated-looking face. <laughs> it's, you say it's... constipated. I say he's confused. He might be confused where the rest of his face is. He might be confused about being constipated. Well, that could be true. I have but this feeling I do not understand. It's, it's an exceptionally, it's an exceptionally like, no one's going to buy this. 
<laughs> this box art is terrible. Yeah. Like that wasn't like, yeah because the three's only problem in selling itself, but it was. It certainly wasn't helping. Okay. Yakuza Four has a much better cover. Oh yeah, no Yakuza Four is. I think it's just a Japanese cover. If I'm not misremembering, but it might be the it might be a different one. Yeah, Yakuza yeah. like a dragon just has like this eye catching cover. Eye catching with like this great illustration going on in the background. Yeah. But I have yeah. high hopes for that game. Very I'm excited. Use my for... cell phone to summon people, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you can use your cell phone to summon things that aren't people. <laughs> Have you seen the crab? I did, I did. Okay, important. I don't know how that crab responds to a cell phone. I'm not sure I'm... I'm not, I'm not sure I'm ready to understand that. <laughs> yes, that is... That, is, <laughs> that was I, the second image on forward. Google that popped up when I looked for Like a Dragon. Nice. Like a Dragon Quest. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to you covering it on Slime Time because it yeah. references Dragon Quest by name. <laughs> I, I don't understand the flying uh, bulldozer though, or what is that? A digger? Uh, I'm assuming it's a Majima construction joke in some fashion, but <laughs> I haven't played like a dragon, so I don't know if it's a reference to something specifically in that. Oh, yeah. Reddit. I love that they, they made a fake Dragon Quest for Yakuza 0 for a sub-story, because it's like it was the 80s, so that was around when Dragon Quest 3 came out, so the like infamous things about, oh, kids are skipping school to buy Dragon Quest, uh, <laughs> they couldn't not make a quest about that, but they made a fake Dragon Quest for that, it was like Arakure Quest or something, but when they decided that they wanted Kasuga Ichiban to be a huge like to have grown up playing like Famicom games they decided they didn't want him to have grown up playing fake Famicom games so they just sought permission to say can we just say that he's a fan of Dragon Quest <laughs> and lo and yeah. behold they they brought in some of Dragon Quest's job system as well so you know do you change jobs at the unemployment office? Is that what I remember hearing? Yeah, that's I believe how that's how that works. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. I have not sat down on my PS4 this year. 2020 at all? Nope. It's been a good while. I, I will sit down on that for this. Uh, it warms my heart that uh, I, I've also... I've, I've basically been an evangelist for this series for a number of years, and this is one that, like, a few people are like, oh, this one doesn't seem as tied into the old ones. Maybe I'll jump on with this one. And it's like, yes! Yes! Uh, everyone, yeah. please play Yakuza 7. Known here as Yakuza Like a Dragon. I just love everything Sega's been doing lately. Uh, Sonic, give it time, Sega will disappoint you as they always do. But right <laughs> yeah, now. Oh, that yeah, that reminds me. I was like watching the Sonic movie the other day, and it's so crazy to see Yakuza right there in the opening Sega logo. 
That's like their That's second most important come. franchise at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Has been for a number of years at this point. I mean, I need huh. to play more of it, but it's very cool to see it catching on here. I needed that chance to shout about it for 15 minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah. Did you uh, really, though? Yeah. <laughs> um, have it. I feel like I hear this at least every every other episode. Although I will be honest, I you haven't said much about it recently. So, yeah, I, I've been letting it cool. I've I've felt the itch to like I set down Judgment fairly soon after it came out because of circumstance, and I've been feeling the itch to boot it back up and properly play Judgment. Which did you beat that? No, no, I did not. Which is yeah, that was again, last summer, right? Yeah, that was last summer. It was like June okay. of last year. So, I feel ready to pick it up and uh, finally. Ready for, uh, ready for the bad stealth mechanics? Don't all games have bad stealth mechanics? But also, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think Josh Carpenter is the one who reviewed that, and I remember hearing about it on RPG Cast a few times. I mean, I think he liked everything else. It was just that was like his one little kind of thing he kept yeah. coming back to. But you can disguise yourself badly. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, uh, I, I need is to pick but, that back up. But the right conjunction there? <laughs> Guess what? It's the one I used. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I'll uh, probably end up picking that back up and also polishing off some more sub stories in Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise. So. <laughs> playing some dragon quest 11 oh yeah where are you in that i just got a boat oh yeah yeah you told me about this yeah. but there's a song playing in my head <laughs> <laughs> but and this is this is important What's the but? i hear you finished a game recently i did Ooh, but before big we budget to, video game before we get to that <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about Dragon Quest XI. Okay. And just the way its combat slightly changed Dragon Quest combat and hmm. enough that it, it's like a change that I really like. Just like traditionally, it goes by the whole model of you pick everybody's actions and then stuff kind of all plays out, right? Mm -hmm. And Dragon Quest XI doesn't do that. It's more almost like a. I don't want to say necessarily a Final Fantasy model, but it's when somebody's up, you pick what they do, and it happens immediately. And I think that just that just that slight little change improves the combat a lot for me. Makes it feel less arbitrary. Yeah, it, it feels like you can. It, it makes it a lot easier to pick what you're going to do because obviously it's going it's immediately going to happen. So it it, it you feels like you don't have to do things like well i have to have this character cast some heal spells because maybe somebody maybe somebody's going to get hit by something i don't know and hey wheels yeah guess how the combat works if you're in 2d mode <laughs> not like that oh i know i know well, guess what mode i I'm gave up playing. after 25 hours into that <laughs> <sighs> Uh, but aside from that, it also 
seems to have a lot more of those like little campsites and stuff. So I, it feels like I have to, I don't have to MP, ration MP as much as I've had to in games in the past. So I can actually sort of use the full range of skills and stuff in random encounters, which keeps those fresher. And just the whole game is really, really good. I love it. <laughs> And I'm looking forward to seeing where the story goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it goes into 2021. That's where it goes. Yeah, probably. But I mean, I've I finished, I finished Xenosaga. So, or Xenosaga two. So, clearly, I have the ability to stay focused on super long RPGs for a while once they pick up. So, uh. Xenosaga 2? Wait, what? There's do you mean Xenoblade? Xenoblade. I always okay. do that. In my head, I switched it. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I finally finished that. And that was a uh, trip. I was, uh, I was listening to you while you... Uh, well, you were typing at me while you were trying to finish that. Yes. <laughs> and the game crashed on me once. Uh, in... Rip. Okay, we're going to talk spoilers, FYI. So if you don't want to hear yeah, any Yeah, like spoilers... end of game FF7 remake spoilers. Yes. So if you don't want to hear any of those, I would just exit this episode now. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the next one. Bye. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> well, yeah. It's in the normal places. Yeah. So my first attempt at the Sephiroth fight, I failed, and then the game crashed after I picked to restart the fight. <laughs> which brought me back to the beginning of the gauntlet of endgame bosses. And then the I Mega Whispers. And... and then I failed at the uh, Bahamut Whisper. And that brings you back to the beginning of the Gauntlet of Bosses. Apparently the only person I know who played this who didn't die during the final boss gauntlet. Oh, wow. I, I definitely had another friend that I had to sort of coach through the final fight. So. Well, the third try, I, I just went all the way through and it was fine. Okay, okay. But yeah, that is a fun series of bosses. Really, lot, the whole end game is pretty fun. There's a cool, like, Genova boss you fight in Genova Dreamweaver yes that thing was really fun and it's also played with your heart in your throat yep <laughs> yep that uh yes uh <laughs> that trick they pull yeah um I really thought Barrett was dead right there I thought that was yeah. the, I thought that was the big surprise that it's a great it's a great play the more a hardcore of an FF7 fan you are the more it's playing at it's playing a joke on you yeah because like if you dig into ff7's development then you're aware that at one point the plan was that barrett was the one who was going to be killed mm. and that that was uh replaced by Aerith because traditionally when final fantasy characters died the character who died was someone who was strong and who was making like a important sacrifice and Aerith was chosen because she's not a physically imposing figure who is making an intentional sacrifice it's just sometimes death is bad and random mm. so yeah 
That was interesting. Yeah, a lot of the game seems to be playing with Final Fantasy VII fans, including several Zack sequences that probably were confusing for anyone that was not familiar with a lot of Final Fantasy VII stuff. To be fair, if you played FF7 in its original form, there are several Zack sequences in the game that are like, what is what on earth is happening that's, here? So. That's also true. I, I feel like I've seen that like a lot. Like, well, people who who didn't play FF7 won't understand this, and it's like, yeah, that's that's how FF7 worked too. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just that you were getting it all at once rather than split out. But like now, it just becomes serialization hooks. Yeah. But yeah, if I'm not mistaken, that is the sequence where Zack dies at the end of uh, Crisis Core. Yeah, it's very specifically visually calling out to the Crisis Core version of Zack's death. Yeah. And then he doesn't die. And it's like, uh. Well, you destroyed the concept of fate, and that is retroactive since fate exists outside of time. So. You know. Which means. The further might part, be running around somewhere. Yeah, the further <laughs> part or parts of Final Fantasy VII remake are going to be super interesting. The thing that they I announced this week that uh, they're working on part two, which is a weird thing to announce because anyone who's any in any way aware of how video game development works <laughs> knows they've been doing that for at least a year at this. At this exactly, point. I, I yeah. saw that and I was like, duh. <laughs> you know, like you, got it. Like, this thing sold really well and was done well commercially. And you were probably also, working on like, this before entire... that happened. So, come on. Exactly. We also <laughs> knew that it was not covering the entire game and that you weren't just going to make the Midgar section and nothing else. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I would, I would suspect that, like, once that some level of production on FF7 Remake started essentially when FF7 Remake got feature complete, which was probably quite a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, based on some of the story hooks in this, I'm sure they already have ideas of what they're going to do with the later parts of the game. Anyways. The implication that they've given in interviews is that they know exactly what they intend to do. They just don't know how many parts they intend to split it across. Mm. But yeah, they seem to be trying to fast track part two. So I'm excited. Uh, one thing that I do appreciate, they've talked about in interviews that like, just because things can change doesn't mean they have to change, which is one of those things where it's like, just because, you know, they're allowed to change things now by the cosmology they've set up doesn't mean that, like, oh, suddenly everything's going to be completely arbitrarily different. So I'm interested to see the what judicious changes they choose to make. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah. Very excited. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see the how they how they handle the rest of the cast because um, man, there were so many characters in this game I did not give a crap about in the original game that I now absolutely love. <laughs> I was really enjoying. It. I looked at they just released like uh, official F- uh, Square Enix character polls for it, and like number one with a bullet is Cloud, of course. Then uh, Tifa, then Aerith, both pretty neck and neck. And then, like, you know, everyone else is, like, nowhere close. But number four is Jesse. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesse but, was the best. Jesse's great in this game. But, like, all of them are great. One of the things I really appreciated was uh, 
late in the game when Red appears, there is a brief scene that he and Barrett have when you're in the back of the truck, where he like asks Red to smile, and Red <laughs> gives him this terrifying rictus grin. He's like, okay, maybe you shouldn't do that. And it's like, that kind of scene is like a weird signature of Nomura's that dates back to Kingdom Hearts 1. <laughs> and it's just like, I, I get... I guess he just finds like how awful like a really wide CG smile looks to be deeply amusing because it keeps showing up. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> But yeah, one of the things that I remember is like people people have like sort of like sort of used like hacked data and saves to mess around with uh FF7 remake and found that Red 13 is mostly implemented. Huh. Uh, he does not have a proper triangle attack, but like he has like a proper uh, combo sequence on square and functions the way you would expect as long as you aren't trying to use that triangle attack that doesn't that isn't implemented yet. Huh. So which tallies with the claim that they made that essentially the reason Red 13 is not playable is because it was so late in the game you wouldn't learn how to... It would take too long to teach the player how to play as him. Yeah. Makes sense. That final sequence is great. That fight against Rufus is just Ooh. hateful. Uh, my my hands hurt. They seriously hurt. I really love... Uh, Barrett confronting President Shinra because that's not something you get in the original FF7. Yeah, that was great. Like, and like, you know that so somewhere the other shoe has to drop because like, well, this isn't how, how things go and it would like completely change things if like anything, if any of Barrett's demands were met and then something, the other shoe's like doesn't drop, it stomps through the floor. <laughs> And then suddenly, like, yeah, it, it just it just goes nuts. And it's, oh man, and you get all oh, one of my favorite things that it took me a while to realize the joke, even though I'd I'd worked out what the whispers were doing by that point. But one of my favorite bits uh, is the bit where Hojo, where you're talking to Hojo in the lab, and like he's about to contradict the idea that Cloud is an ex-soldier. And the the whispers just whisk him out of the room so that he can't <laughs> he can't tell he can't reveal that plot detail too early. Like, no, not yet. <laughs> like that is the point where it like goes from like the most metatextual point where it's like it's not just that the whispers are some abstract concept of fate; they represent the concept of a fan who won't accept the idea that the remake has to be different. <laughs> So it's almost literally like someone rushing him out of the room screaming, spoilers! <laughs> Freaking love that game. It's really good. They only got uh, Uematsu to do one song, but that credit song is pretty good, so... Yeah, is that the, the vocal track at the end? Yeah, that's hollow. Okay, yeah, that, that was really good. Also, the remix of One Winged Angel was uh, perfect. Oh yeah, no, that's fantastic. All the all the remixes in the game are incredible. Yeah. And there were a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. But yeah. Oh man. Yeah, F of Seven remake is shockingly enough, stuck with me and uh will probably end up being my game of the year. Yeah. 
because I am a huge FF7 fan, and it is every bit the remake that I wanted. I am three Legend of Heroes behind, so unfortunately Legends of Heroes 4 will not have a chance to be my game of the year. <laughs> I am bound and determined to catch up to that naturally, and all I've played is Trails in the Sky 1, 2, oh and Cold God. Steel 1. <laughs> I've Can't got everything on my Vita. I've Can't got the crossbell trails ready. I, I'm about an hour into it. <laughs> it's not that important. It's not. <laughs> that but was yeah. that was one of the ones I went straight from Trails Two to that, and I was like, no, I played enough Trails for today. <laughs> and I love those games. There's just so much of them. <laughs> Everything happens so much all the time. Yeah, I made that, and by the time I even get close to there, East Nine will be out and localized and. That's, that's the more important Falcom franchise to me. Sorry. Can't believe you do this. Sorry. <laughs> well, now you have to play the uh, weird, bad trilogy of ports for the PSP of Legend of Heroes, like oh, is it two, three, no. and four, or three, four, and five? I the Gar Drive trilogy. Yeah, I think it's three, four, and five. I isn't Trails six. Trails is six. I don't think we've ever gotten five as a thing. Okay, so... Uh, Dragon Slayer 2, Legend of Heroes... Dragon Slayer, The Legend of Heroes, Dragon Slayer, Legend of Heroes 2... Uh, okay, yeah, the, the Gagarv trilogy. There you go. Which is Legend of Heroes 3, 4, and 5. We got them in the wrong order for some reason. Mm -hmm. They released Legend of Heroes 4, then 3, then 5 here. And those ports are bad, and their localization is bad. And they're never going to be revisited, so it's a bit of a shame. I've, I've got all of them on my Vita. I'm ready to go. Yay. I've, I've never touched them. <laughs> I own them as well. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I'll buy anything with that Falcom logo on it. Unfortunately. Hmm. Can I interest you in a fine Xanadu next for your Nokia Engage? <laughs> okay, I won't go that far. <laughs> I'll buy almost anything with the Falcom logo on it. Yeah, I I feel like I'm going to pick up. I have Trails of Cold Steel one and two on Vita, and I feel like. My inevitable path through the series requires me to pick up 3 and 4 on the Switch, because yeah. I don't suspect that we'll ever get Trails of Cold Steel 1 and 2 on Switch. Oh, no, that's what I have, too. I don't have any of them on PS4. Um, I want to sit around and play get... them on PS4. I don't have time. <laughs> yeah, that that's... It. I will play PS4 again. I will not play those on PS4. Like, all those are like 80 hours long. Mm-hmm. I did, I did got my three on switch this summer I, I bought that it's safely sitting in a drawer i hope that's gotten patched i've heard it had like one specific place where it had a crash bug or something anna said that chapter two i believe was quite buggy going in and out of menus and here's hmm. chapter one there was a specific town that had a lot of a lot of chances to f up yeah hopefully that gets patched uh, 
Yeah. In a year and a half, by the time I play it, I'm sure it will be. <laughs> yeah. And then you can jump straight into Trails of Cold Steel 4, which has tragically right. lost its subtitle and its localization. Oh, oh did it? it? Pour, pour one out for Legend of Heroes Sen no Kisaki 4, The End of Saga. <laughs> I don't like that subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> saga is dead because of it. <laughs> Yet they like already have the next one coming out in Japan. I mean, Hajimari maybe that's what they Kiseki. realize. We're not ending. <laughs> I think Hajimari no Kiseki is sort of like uh, Trails the Third, where it's like uh, epilogue. epilogue slash like setup for a future game. Mm. But I don't know if that's just like me having misinterpreted the initial trailer they gave. Yeah, I tried not to read too far ahead onto that because, you yeah. know, I'm only four years back. I googled <laughs> some. I googled it, and it's. I got a Gamatsu article claiming the uh, that Falcom released information on something called true reverse corridor side content. What? <laughs> I don't know what that means, and I'm worried to look it up because it might constitute a spoiler. So. Oh Uh, excuse me, True Reverie Corridor. That makes oh, slightly okay. more sense. Does it? <laughs> slightly. Does it? <laughs> you say so? <laughs> but yeah, it seems like it's kind of a epilogue slash setup game, so it'll be interesting to see how Hajimari no Kiseki goes. Uh, yeah, it seems to be set split into like episodes, which I think is how Trails the Third operated. I never got that far. It, from what I understand, yeah, I remember hearing Kelly talk about it. She played through it, I think, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I said, I got one hour into it, and there's like, no, 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 no. Don't just, have I this just, in me right now. I, I did sixty hours of trails in the sky too. I need to, I need to untrails for a bit. Yeah. Uh, now that we've had our FF7 discussion, unless there's more you wanted to say, Wheels? Um, I don't think so. I certainly loved the combat. Um, although I'd say I felt like some of the abilities weren't all that useful and sometimes it felt like well just mashing the attack button is more that's what the hard mode you unlocked is for oh okay never mind i'll stop there yeah you unlocked a hard mode that doesn't let you use items oh fuck (laughs) also you don't get your mp restored every time you sit at a bench so yeah okay so it's that it's hard with a capital H, is what you're saying. Yeah. There's also a lot of enemies have, like, new patterns or new uh, things they can do. So, like, uh, do you want me to spoil one of them? Sure. So, you remember the house? Yes. So, it can now spit out tonberries. Oh, no. <laughs> they have less health than the bonus boss tonberry. But... You better keep track of them, and you better make sure they're gone. Because uh, 
So yeah, the I, I've seen people play through hard mode. I haven't taken the time to do it myself, but uh, it's not joking. It is very much going to require, like, if you ever play it, it's going to require mastery of the combat system. There is a reason they don't let you take it unless you're on New Game Plus. Because <laughs> imagine what would have happened if you, Wheels, known for taking hard mode, even when it's, uh, like, flagrantly a bad idea, had picked hard mode in that game. Uh, I'd probably have um, two nice Frisbees at my disposal. Data frisbee and game <laughs> yes. frisbee. Yes, data frisbee and play frisbee. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems like there's one more thing we got to discuss. What's that? How do you feel about rabbits and bears? Uh... What if they made a studio together? Is this a Disney's new release? Wouldn't mm, they just want the rabbits just get eaten? Bambi too. Nah. Also, there was already a Bambi 2, and you know it. Oh, God, oh. that's right. <laughs> Takes place in the middle of Bambi for some reason. What? <laughs> all right. All right. Want, you you want little it? Bambi. You don't want adult Bambi. Nobody wants to watch adult Bambi. No one remembers that adult Bambi exists. <laughs> exactly. So, of course, you're going to set Bambi 2 in the middle. Wait, there was an adult Bambi in Bambi? <laughs> I don't remember Bambi that Bambi grew all. up. <laughs> Didn't Bambi grow up? I, don't I, remember. I can't remember. <laughs> Googling does Bambi grow up? Question mark. I don't want to. Also, Google do bears out. eat rabbits? Because I don't think that happens either. <laughs> that probably doesn't happen. It probably. I was going to say Bambi probably grows up in the book that they're adapting. I don't know if they ever animated Bambi grown up. Oh wait, I'm looking at. It's been. I probably last saw Bambi when I was about three years old. So. I was going to say, that's one of the few movie, Disney movies I don't think we've ever shown the kids. Not They're really. terrified of thinking that, she, that they're... You're terrified of them thinking that their mother's going to get shot by a hunter. I don't know, they've been having... My oldest has been having Pokemon nightmares lately. Oh, no. But he rambles so much. Hey, why I, are the rabbits making bedroom eyes at each other? What happened in this movie while I wasn't looking? <laughs> I'm looking at some of the critical reviews of Bambi 2. <laughs> just on Rotten Tomatoes to get some quotes. I was going to say, are they all critical? Mostly. One of the quotes is, maybe Bambi 2 is too much Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm seeing Bambi with antlers. Weird. Yeah, I I, I mean, much like Simba. I, I know I've seen... Well, movie. for Simba, it always... Like, it... Lion King has a stronger central plot than Bambi. Well, that's the truth. Where, like, Bambi is, like, episodic, kind of, as I recall. Again, I haven't seen this since I was, like, three. <laughs> yep, we're, we're basing this on really great recollections. Some really old memories. Uh, but, yeah, like, whereas, like, Simba growing up is, like, the halfway mark of the film. So there's a lot more adult Simba going around. And there's a lot, like, you can't think about Lion King without how it resolves its plot, which revolves around adult Simba. What you're saying is Lion King one and a half is the only Disney sequel we need. <laughs> Have you watched that? Many times. Okay. It's, it could be a lot worse than it is. It was sold as uh, Lion King three in some foreign markets, which seems like a bad way to market it. Yeah. My kids call it Lion King three sometimes. And my daughter calls the new, the remake of the Lion King, Lion King four. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> 
how did you feel about the Lion Guard again? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Which are you waiting to get cancelled first? Lion Guard or oh, that's, Paw Patrol? That's, that's long over. Ah, you're saved. It was like three seasons, whereas Paw Patrol is on season like 14 or something. I remember you suffering with that for a period of like two years. What is that on, right? Is that still on like Nickelodeon? Yeah, I would assume it's on like Hub or whatever, but I think right. that doesn't I was exist say anymore. It, <laughs> I was going to say, we, I haven't seen Paw Patrol in a while. They still got a game and they got some animals around here, but I haven't seen them watch that in quite a long time. Okay, so Paw Patrol technically only has seven seasons. It only feels like 53. Yeah. <laughs> Well, also, think... Lion Guard only concluded in November of last year. Did it? Yeah. Huh. I was going to say that the the way they sell like the season of Paw Patrol on Amazon is like 13 episodes at a time, so that's uh, why they're marked differently there. Yep, the series finale aired on November 3rd, 2019. What the fuck? Now you have to see the thrilling, conc- the thrilling no, we conclusion. S- we saw this thrilling conclusion that ties into Lion King 2 and it's why you love the deep canon the deep canon that hey hey Simba also has a son that's never mentioned in Lion King 2 but whatever I sh- he sure is important now yes he sure is an, a lot basically a lion jedi you ever seen the horror powers? Does anyone remember the weird Lion King animated show they made in the mid '90s that feels just inexplicable and alien and utterly divorced from everything except for some reason it stars Timon and Pumbaa? I remember that show. There are humans in it. That's yeah, really upsetting. It was very weird. I don't know why it happened. It was. It was not bad though. <laughs> It was sometimes bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at like this list of characters from it, and like I can't tell if Wikipedia is just screwing with me. Probably. <laughs> Good old Boss Beaver and Toucan Dan, Cheetada and Cheetado. The, okay. the random... Oh, man, I forgot about the university that exists in it for some reason that they occasionally go to. That was a weird show. That show shouldn't have happened. Yeah. I remember seeing, like, a couple episodes of it, and it's all I can think is just, like... This feels like it was made by space aliens who were shown, like, a couple of, like, Lion King character designs. <laughs> But yeah, let's uh, let's talk about. Uh, <laughs> I really threw threw us off by referencing Rabbit and Bear Studios' name. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. So uh, Rabbit and Bear Studios, uh, a collection, a collective of people who worked on Suikoden's one through four primarily, along with uh, some other ga- uh, people as well. Like uh, there's one of the Wild Arms composers is involved. Uh, have come together to make something called Auden Chronicles: Hundred Heroes. It's Suikoden. Eight heroes? No, no, just a hundred. Oh, okay, it's I'm mighty sure, number Suikoden. We are not getting sued. Say what? Mighty number Suikoden. 
How about we say bloodstained so we get enough? Okay, yes, that, that's been much better. Wait, wait, wait. Did you see what it looks like, though? Oh, it, uh, I did. What, what game does it look like? Hmm, I don't know. Hmm. You ever heard? Let me just talk about how uh, the right the person leading this up, the writers of Suicodens one through th- the writer of Suicodens one through three slash director of Suicodens one and two talked about when asked about the influences on this game, he only referenced one game that was modern, <laughs> <laughs> and it was Octopath. Right? <laughs> Huh. And boy, howdy, does this game look like Octopath Traveler in terms of its art direction. Yep. So we're getting Hectopath Traveler. Yeah. I'm okay you can have with six people to the party. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, we're talking metric system. Hecto is a uh, 100. Yeah. I'm just saying, you can have six people to the party, so it's even. Oh, well, you get six. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It. Um, if you read the interview on RP Gamer. Never once do they mention Suikoden. <laughs> yeah, like it's incredible because like it's like, yeah, it's we're not trying to just do a prior game, but then like they go on this long spiel about the game systems, and it's like that's Suikoden. That's that's literally yeah. Suikoden. <laughs> it is. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I posted our um, I posted our interview on my Facebook group, and it was like two hundred comments and everything in it, and they, there was a couple people like. Why aren't they referencing Suikoden? Does that concern you? Let me you? tell you about the law. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dude, do you know what Suikoden is? Because they may not be saying that word, but literally every other word says that. Yeah. They start talking about, like, oh, the more people you recruit, the more your fortress grows. And, like, fortress, a lot yeah. of them won't be party members. There'll be things like chefs and librarians and whatever. And it's like, oh, this does sound familiar. And then you get, like, the actual like plot summation it's like huh i remember sui codens two and three <laughs> oh then look at that clip of the battle system it's like oh this is Suikoden. familiar somehow this is sweeping a battle system if it took place in the octopath engine <laughs> yeah so yeah uh it looks really good uh it's currently slated for uh, PlayStation. Okay, currently they are going to do a Kickstarter, probably will, which will definitely be running when this episode goes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeking five hundred thousand dollars for a PC release with a single stretch goal to unlock PS5, Xbox Series X, and Switch, or a Switch successor if it if such a thing exists by the time the game is slated to come out in fall of twenty twenty two. That number. So, tells- let's put our money down right now. Yes, by the absolutely. time this episode drops, do they have their stretch goal? I hope so. <laughs> I don't. I like. I'm going to say the same thing. So I remember when the Bloodstained Kickstarter launched, and I was like, "Well, I know I care about this a lot. I don't know how many other people do." And I'm in the same place where it's like, I know I care a lot about this, and I've been pleased because it seems like this is getting pickup. There's some buzz. People have been posting news stories about it. People have been discussing it. That That's what you need for a Kickstarter to take off. Mm-hmm. I think that it can, at the very least... Uh, well, it also, it's going to depend upon when Wheels actually posts this. So, <laughs> huge moving target. Um, <laughs> Knowing but, what you know about Wheels... <laughs> Uh, Knowing so like you know about a week change from now. What if I told you it's already posted? 
I know it's I know it's live streaming, dude. <laughs> That's not the same as posted. You know it. Damn it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, a week and change from now, I'm going to like hedge my bets and say I sure hope so, but I would not put money because I'm a coward. Uh, but are you going to put money? On yes. The okay. Same. I mean, uh, obviously, obviously, um, it's it's very nice to like they. One thing I wanted to say about the uh, Kickstarter numbers is I haven't seen if this is in any of the interview material, and it's probably not because typically they don't. These numbers, along with the one stretch goal concept, leads me to believe that this Kickstarter is. And this is a very good thing. This Kickstarter is not meant to be their only source of funding. That's good. This Kickstarter is with that number based on and the one stretch goal for uh, three, three or four extra SKUs leads me to believe that this number is what they put forward to get a publisher to pay them the rest. Like this is them proving to a publisher people want this enough that they would spend this much sight unseen. Mm. Which is what games that don't horribly die of scope creep when they're kickstarted tend to do. <laughs> it is the difference between being Mighty Number no. Nine and being Bloodstained. So, so, what have these Suikoden people been doing for the past? Gosh, what are we looking at? Twenty years? Uh, two or three? Depends on which one you're talking about. Writing the <laughs> scenario for Alliance Alive. <laughs> uh, yes, Muriyama did do that. Okay. Uh, he did. Some, he's done some very. Uh, he's done some very uh, strange things over time. Let me see if I can double check some of this. I'm uh, trying to get uh, Mike Solosi over at RP Fan RPG Fan to uh, plug in Alliance Alive. He made some comment on Twitter today about that because of the this announcement. Mm-hmm. It's like no, do that, play it. He was the writer on a completely forgotten sort of Max Payne knockoff for the PS2 called Ten Thousand Bullets, huh. made by Taito. Better off forgotten. <laughs> uh, he apparently was the writer on something called Tenshogaku and Gekoroku, which I could make some guesses as to what that title means, but I can't see its kanji right now. So, very bad idea. Uh, it doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. I've never heard anyone say anything else about it. Uh, and other than that, has I think he mostly worked in like I think he might have dabbled in manga writing at some point. I recall reading at some stage. But yeah, he's been uh, he's been off doing other things. Uh, He's been off doing other things for uh, quite a while. Uh, let's see, some of these other people. Uh, let's see if I can find uh, the other people that are actually specifically listed in this obviously uh, important. Why am I not just looking at our article? I'm sure it lists it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, that's good. I mean, like you said, they're proving to publishers. But to me right there, it's not like there's a bunch of people from the 90s that are just like, hey, let's get the gang back together who 
I mean, some of them are. I've been working at Walmart for the past 20 years and, you know. Not at Walmart, but they've been scattered for a while. Yeah, but I mean, it, they've been in the industry still. Yeah, a lot of them have been. Yeah, okay. So that that, that, that gives a little, little more uh, hope. Junko Kawano uh, was the art, lead artist on Three Codens 1 and 4. Uh, let's see if I can see what her CV has Did been. He, she designed the boats. <laughs> we can only hope. Uh, she worked on a... She was a designer on a very forgotten, but kind of interesting uh, sort of visual novel on the DS called Time Hollow. Uh, let's see... See, we've got Osama Osamu uh, Komuta, who was a uh, director on Suicoden Tactics and Tear Crease. See, uh, okay, I have many Osamus currently in my Google suggestions that it's not helping us right now. <laughs> so, Wheels, what Suicodens have you played? Uh, one, two, a little bit of three, and five, and some of. I know that. Tear crease. Tear crease. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Kumota was basically the one who was sort of handed the reins to the series in terms of, well, you guide it while Konami tries desperately to put it out to pasture. Uh, he directed Tear Crease, he directed Woven Web of a Century, which is a PSP game better off forgotten. Not willing to hold that against him by virtue of the fact that uh, Konami was providing the series with just kind of bad budgets in general at that point. So, And just generally bad like edicts about what the games were supposed to be at that point. Mm. Uh, let's see. Uh, got a... Uh, the listed credit for Junichi Murakami is Castlevania Ari of Sorrow as a uh, producer and art director. Let me see if I can pull up more about them. Murakami. Okay, Junichi Murakami. Let's see. A lot of these people were also like employed at Konami long after the point where Konami stopped making games, which probably hurt some of their resumes. <laughs> so, I'm sorry for, for for a brief period. I was working as a janitor slash security guard. Mm. Yeah, Konami was uh, not great to work at for a long period, but yeah, uh, I think it looks very promising. They're saying the right words. Uh, I hope that they don't get sued into the ground right around the point where someone at Konami reads that the world is uh, heavily influenced by something called a rune lens. Which is very different from a true rune. Let's just be clear on that right now. I mean, it doesn't even sound the same. Listen, <laughs> as long as you ignore the word, word rune, you know. It's legally distinct. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so... Uh, you know, uh, 
a solid suite of people. I'm sure there's also pr- plenty of flesh, bo- not flesh blood, fresh blood at their uh, new Rabbit and Bear studio since they seem to have been staffing up for at least the past six months. Uh, yeah, so very excited about that. Uh, I assume just about anyone who cares about Suicode and has heard about it by now. I mean, to get to this episode, you pro- unless you're somehow on... Wait, iTunes doesn't exist anymore. Apple Podcasts? Whatever. Uh, unless you're somehow getting the podcast from there, you had to scroll past it to reach news about this to reach the I, I still podcast. Have, so. iTunes still exists on Windows. Okay. Why? Oh. <laughs> I have iTunes on Windows. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was very excited when my most recent Windows installation happened to rid myself of the curse of iTunes forever. <laughs> but yeah, Murayama is talking a lot about essentially a very Suicoden 2 and 3 sounding plot, which, you know, that's how you get them. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Give me. <laughs> Need it now. Maybe I'll play Sweet Good in two before that comes out. Ah, I've got a while. <laughs> Dude! How many of these have you played? Um, I played 20 hours of Sweet Good in one. There's only 20 hours of Sweet Good in one. I don't know how you didn't finish. <laughs> well, maybe it was about 16. or it, it, it was in the late teens. I did, but I did get lost a lot. Yeah, that happens. Um, no, no, and and we talked about this uh, on RPG Backtrack. I have a very hard time with PS One era games. Although this was just sprite brace, so I mean it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I put game. it aside. If you, if you push me to do it, I could probably finish it in twelve hours. Wow, yeah, it is not a long game. Two is a lot. Better, I, I've though. got it. On, mm. I've got it on my Vita right here. I can yeah. pull it up right now and see where I am. Two is much much better. Hmm. There's something I like about the breeziness of one that two loses because it's such a longer game. I would see everything I've read from fans leads fans me to believe that two, two the is the yes. Uh, three is generally considered to be good but slow. Four we don't have to talk about if we don't want to. And five is considered fun, but like after three, Murayama leaves, and the and there's never anyone to really steer the ship again in terms of people that Konami will trust to just keep directing the games. So everyone kind of tries to move away from the idea of like, well, we'll just try to avoid advancing the plot line that one and two set up, and hopefully someone else will eventually fix it. <laughs> and then it never happened. Whoops. And Tear Crease is like clearly struggling under like a bazillion publisher mandates about like this needs to be better for kids. It's a bit of a shame. What's underneath that is actually pretty good, but again, the the stuff that seems to be publisher mandate of like how would we sell this to the eight to twelve crowd really uh, hurts it a bit. Oh, ouch. It's been two years since I played this on my Vita, and... Oh, you know what? I probably didn't play it on this Vita. That may be the problem. Yeah, I bet that is... I I have two Vitas. One has been modded for almost the past year, 
and the other one is my still has my PSN everything beautiful and legit <laughs> on it. I think it, I must have played it on that one. Oh yeah, did we have anything to say about the Microsoft conference that they did? Um, very confused by Halo. You're not ready for open world Halo? No, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm just I don't understand where they're going with the story. <laughs> because Halo five ends setting up a new villain and they've clearly said that hey here's the villain of this game and it's not that villain so i don't know what the hell they're shot doing. off screen yes I, I don't know we'll see um, can i just say how funny i thought the fantasy star online 2 new genesis thing was uh it's what it i mean people seem you to, saw that trailer i assume yes people seemed very confused by it but i was like this is not the existing ps2 i can tell by what i'm looking at yeah, on screen like that's why people were confused as to why it was called fantasy star online 2 because obviously not it's connected i guess which is weird essentially what they've said is that it's they seem to be trying to stealth launch fantasy star online 3 by not calling it that yeah <laughs> Because it's like, oh, it's connected, but Fantasy Star Online 2 will continue to exist separate from it. Also, we're releasing it instead of a new episode of Fantasy Star Online 2. It's fine by me. PSO2 feel, feels like an old game. <laughs> it, kind of, it, it, it probably kind of felt old even when it was new. Yeah, and, and this one looks much more interesting. Yeah, yeah. See. But yeah, I just, I just wanted to bring that up because I thought the weird messaging around that was hilarious. Um, the the um, Obsidian Skyrim game looks really cool. Yeah, what was that called again? Something with an A. Heather's Ascension, I think. Yeah. It's just like, well, I mean, Elder Scrolls Six is probably still like five years off because Bethesda's a hellhole. So, <laughs> most importantly, Outer Worlds expansion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But not. Did they? So obviously they said Xbox on that. Have they said if that's coming to the other platforms as well? It's at least coming to PS4. That's apparently okay. announced. So hopefully, eventually, it hits Switch as well. Uh, yeah. Oh no, Matt's starting to buzz. Uh oh. We better wrap this up. Ah, avowed. Avowed, okay. Ascension sounded right, but. Yeah. Uh, Regardless, I can't wait to see how they show uh, Bethesda how it's actually done. Well, it's going to turn out that Microsoft takes QA a lot more seriously, so that'll mean something. Shocking. Yeah, first-person camera, and that looks Elder Scrolls as hell, so... Yeah. I mean, I'm interested. Yeah. Well, I guess it's not totally fair, because it's going to help that it's like only basically targeted at two platforms, but still... I, I'm sure it's going to work a lot better than freaking Skyrim. I mean, Elder Scrolls games didn't 
work well when That's they were true. targeted at one platform. That's true. <laughs> like, this isn't a case of they're not aware of the bugs. It's a case of they don't care to spend the money to fix them. Yeah. Like, I'm sure they have, like, a robust QA team that's just, like, desperately, like, this doesn't work, this is broken, and it's just, like, an endless, like, will not fix. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, this looks, this looks a lot, uh, this looks very Skyrim-y. I'm interested. I'll per- I will play it. I would like to see that with good writing um (laughs) oh man so yeah uh and what what the heck is the name of their honey i shrunk the kids survival game grounded yeah looks neat see how it turns out yeah yeah uh, it's a nice I'm not huge on survival games, so well, I'm nice less interested. Game Pass, it's like I don't know if this will be a thing I like, but I can just try it. <laughs> yeah, you can play a little bit of it, see what happens. Yeah, Microsoft's commitment to that will probably end up selling a lot of these games once they cycle out of Game Pass. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I don't know. It looks cute, but again, I'm not huge on survival games, so I don't know how much I care. But you yeah. can probably play it with your kids or something. Yeah. yeah. Fight a big spider. Overall, there's just lots of good stuff there. It's pretty impressive. I just want to play Psychonauts, too. Yeah, I almost forgot about that. That game looks so good. I, oh, I was God. appreciating how trippy that trailer was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see that uh, Tim Schafer and Jack Black are still friends. Yeah. <laughs> So that's fun. Yeah, it was a pretty funny bit where they were comparing their belly sizes or something in that trailer. Yeah, I'll have to watch it again because I only got to see half of it because that's when I stepped into the showcase. So. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty. It's it looks really good. <laughs> I need to I need to go back and play all the first one. Oh, you've never finished the first one? Nope. Should do an adventures and platforming on that. Should. Should play the entire game. <laughs> I've hundred percented it multiple times. Oh wow. <laughs> multiple. I really liked Psychonauts one. That was one of the fir- one of the few games where I like beat it and then immediately sat down and just played it again. <laughs> wow. It's just very charming. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, it's weird to think that that's actually coming out. It's been 15 years. Mm. I'm now officially a skeleton crumbling into dust. <laughs> well, they had a bit in there too where they said it's like the 20th anniversary of uh, oh God, what's the name of their studio? Double Fine. Double Fine. It's like what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> like Psychonauts was. Psychonauts was announced like right after the Xbox, like right when the Xbox was. Yeah. Like it was originally going to be published by Microsoft. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> that was a that was a period where, so like, before the Xbox launch, Microsoft didn't know what its market would be, so they 
approved a lot of games. There's like five platformers that they had in some stage of development of that period, and you've never heard of most of them. Like, let's rattle off the list. Ones that they actually published, Voodoo Vents, Blinks the Time Sweeper, ones that they didn't end up publishing, uh, Torque Prehistoric Punk, uh, Psychonauts, uh, Malice, probably at least one other that I'm spacing. Like, they, they agreed to publish a lot of things, and then once the once the Xbox came out and Halo was a big hit, and they determined what their core audience was going to be, they started sort of, like, pulling out of a lot of those publishing agreements. But that's also, like, that period where Microsoft does not actually know how many third parties it'll get. So they've put in, like, well, we need at least a couple fighting... We need at least one fighting game franchise. So they commissioned multiple fighting game franchises, one by the Tobal developers, one by the... Uh, one by a bunch of ex-Mortal Kombat developers. Both of them are just awful, just absolutely <laughs> terrible. Um, they don't know how many... They don't know if they'll get sports games from EA, so there's, like, the quickly forgotten NFL Fever franchise. The what? Remember that one? No. Nope. Yeah, NFL Fever was the internally developed... Uh, Microsoft sports game, uh, football game, American football game. Huh. Uh, the last of which ha- happened in 2003. Once it became clear that they both had Madden and that Madden would be released, uh, would be releasing, uh, like with online play on Xbox. Uh, there's a few others whose names I'm forgetting. I think like NBA Inside Drive that were made by Microsoft because it's like, well, who knows? God only knows if EA is going to bring their sports games to our platform, so we better make sure that we have something. Yep, NBA Inside Drive from Microsoft. I don't think that lasted even as... No, it lasted about as long. 2002, 2003, 2004. So... uh, ended in 2003 uh no one mourned its passing i think there was probably an nhl game that i don't remember the name of i I think those are the three i remember them doing googling microsoft nhl just to see what i get that doesn't help me because it's giving me like links to buy ea's nhl 20 (laughs) well you don't want to buy any of those games because they won't have the seattle kraken Oh, unleash the Kraken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Yeah, no, I'm not. I, I feel almost certain that they made a hockey game. I don't know what it is if it exists. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, take my word for it, or don't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, forever, forever enchanted by the Seattle Kraken. Uh, and I think I am out of things to say other than, damn it, Sega re-release Daytona USA 2 Battle on the Edge. What? So why, why do you get the NHL Kraken, but I can't have my goddamn Whalers back? It's not fair. <laughs> what happened to the Whalers? Did they get transferred to another city and get a bad new name? The, hur- the Canes, the Hurricanes. Okay. Oh, yeah. uh, when did this happen? 97. A year that's that live in infamy. <laughs> that's that's quite a that's a really loaded phrase. I need to just let you know that. What's that? 
what a blank that will live in infamy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can have your whalers back when Seattle when Seattle gets a new Supersonics. Okay, that's fair. Where did they, did oh that became the Oklahoma City Thunder? Oh yeah. That's oh, right. that's true. Get out of here, Oklahoma. Really? Sorry. O- Oklahoma? Uh, that was the thing really? that felt most insulting about it. Oklahoma? Really? <laughs> yeah, apparently... I, I, I don't know. Um, I feel like moving a hockey team from a city in the, to North Carolina is how do you a feel more about, insulting. <laughs> how do you feel about the... Uh, I was looking at like the least profitable NHL expansion and it was just like, oh, this thing used to be in Winnipeg and now it's in Phoenix, Arizona and no one goes there. (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess, you know, like 100 degree weather going to see a hockey game makes sense. Yes, I don't know. I guess. I don't don't understand. It's okay. Winnipeg got a different hockey team eventually. Yes, stole it from Atlanta. (laughs) I'm I'm never clear on why you why on the like actual Byzantine mechanics of expanding like sports leagues. It's like why do you need to see? Why do you have to control like a specific amount of teams? I don't understand. I don't know. (laughs) I create this artificial scarcity. Make cities like essentially blood rivals because your city got my team. <laughs> I think a lot of it's all about the, okay, who's going to build a nice new stadium? That's I mean, a lot exactly of it is that, but is. why do they, yeah. need, but the thing is that like, why do they need to limit the amount of cities that can, that have the privilege of building a nice saying, new stadium? Why don't they just expand, expand, expand? Yes. <laughs> Talent level. At some yeah. point you can only have so many games on TV. You know? That's never stopped anyone. <laughs> Also, how many basketball teams exist in California? Because I think it's more than three. Uh, let's see, you got the Warriors, the Clippers, Golden State Warriors, the Lakers, the uh, uh, can, Also, I, f- I feel certain based on the name the Lakers, of Lakers, the Lakers, Clippers. Yeah, there's two LA teams. Yeah, there are two in LA. I don't understand that. Uh, well, it's like having two New York football teams. I mean, yeah, that sucks too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the well, I mean, they can get rid of one of those. The Jets suck. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> what have they done since like Super Bowl three? Been an embarrassment to everyone. <laughs> that's never stopped anyone. Golden State Warriors, Lakers, Clippers, Sacramento Kings. Is that? Oh yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Sacramento there Kings. There's, oh, there's four. four. I mean, I, what can I? Florida's got three football teams. Why does Florida have three football teams? Nobody well, goes to Jacksonville. Yeah, I was gonna say, does Jacksonville really count? <laughs> uh, let me check. You know, if I talk about NHL expansion, man, I remember when the Tampa Bay Lightning became a thing. Um, <sighs> And, of course, they started playing in St. Pete. They played in the Dome where the Rays play now. Are you serious? For many years, oh. they played. Back then, it was a Thunderdome. Um, it was a, and I think if you look like at NHL postseason 
or NHL one game attendance records, like the Lightning own everything just... because they they could like just move the rink a little and like actually have like forty thousand people sitting there watching it. Because oh you're in a gigantic baseball stadium, whereas mostly you know you're in fifteen twenty thousand people smaller stadiums. Hey, that's more people that ever go to see the Rays too. That that is true. <laughs> Wait, how does Florida have this? This is one of the things that's just very amusing to me. I always forget that there is like a professional league soccer that happens in America. Hey, Florida man. has four of them. MLS. Yeah, MLS. There's there are Orlando. four MLS teams in Florida. Orlando's in the playoffs. I got an email yesterday. Are they Saturday playing? night? <laughs> I think they're doing some sort of like round robin tournament. Also, one of these is called the Tampa Bay Mutiny, which sounds more like a historical event. <laughs> they used to, back in the day, in the 80s, we had the Rowdies. <laughs> that was always fun. They played in Tampa Stadium where the Bucks played. And, you know, you'd go to those games and one out of every five seats would be filled. <laughs> I've been to Florida once to go to a friend's wedding and I think I had like an allergic reaction to the state. <laughs> like I don't even know Ouch. how to I don't even know how to describe it. Like I just like had skin rash while I was there. Well, we're so bad right now. I was it, this was it popped up on my Google feed um a couple days ago like President Trump was like, oh, man, coronavirus is, virus is going to get much worse before it gets better. And I was like, wow, I don't, think I've ever, I don't think I've ever seen that. But the article right under it is the governor of Florida. Like, it's fine. We're getting way better. It's fine. Everything. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Even the president's starting to be like, hmm, this isn't mm, looking too good I think right many now. of you are going to die. <laughs> but, this, but, you know, we're like next to Texas. We're just right up there, you know, Texas, California, Florida, Texas, California, Florida. Has, has Arizona settled down? It was real bad for it's really there. bad. But no, I mean, Florida's on fire, man. Schools are pushing back their dates. Good. Like that be way beats the alternative. <laughs> I mean, I I'm surprised they only pushed it back two weeks. Then again, our governor thinks everything's fine. And yeah, I hope that they push it back further. It's really my thought. August 31st. Now I go back. We can work in two weeks. Oh, no. Please don't. Please don't die. <laughs> Just come to Connecticut. Good. Just uh, you'll have to quarantine yourself for a while. Yeah, you know. I do that every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be interesting not to be sitting at home for you know all day every day for gosh four yeah. months in it. Literally any time that I like leave this place, I like try to make sure that I'm not leaving again for another two weeks just in case I'm tracking something in somewhere. <laughs> Man, can I say I'm overworking from home? I'm, I'm good. I'm good with it. I, I, I was done too. You know, yeah. luckily for me so though, I got time with your kids. So. <laughs> you can learn the ins and outs of Minecraft and Roblox. I did. We haven't done the Roblox yet. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. I don't want to know. I don't know what it is either. It's just a name I've heard, and I'm just like, this we is have... what proves that I am growing old. I don't know what Roblox is, and it's I don't it know what it is either. I think we've spent a lot of money sending my niece gift cards, like, two to three times a year for it, but <laughs> birthday, Christmas, 
any, any milestone, like, here you go. Here's a $10 Robux gift card. I'm sure you could spend it on something. Yep. It's coated in Lua. You love it. Oh, no. <laughs> That's hurting <laughs> language. Uh, this character looks like a slightly rounder Minecraft. I'm just going to based on the thing that I'm... It says that it's also a game creation platform, so I'm just oh, going to assume that God. it's basically... Uh, I'm just going to assume that it's the Playmobil to Minecraft Lego. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you don't have a word like blocks in there without instantly thinking of that. Oh man, the site's virtual currency is known as Robux. <laughs> Please tie this in with the dearly departed Sears Robux. Oh god. <laughs> Can I send Wheels a copy of the 1978 wish book? <laughs> they got Atari cartridges. All of which would end up at garage sales and I would buy for a dollar. Did you get chased the chuck wagon? That, that does not sound familiar. <laughs> yeah, you can only get that by mail order from Ralston Perina if you sent in uh, proofs of purchase of enough dog food. I had a friend just earlier this year send Square Enix. Um, what did he send in? a mailing trying to get the free map that they that enix was giving away for the original dragon warrior 2 on nes <laughs> <laughs> they got a very nice letter back saying that unfortunately you know that promotion had ended but <laughs> i'm sure that like whoever got to respond to that letter had like a much <laughs> it was much happier than like the oh i think your video game damaging yep. my child <laughs> So, yeah, I saw a picture of that a couple weeks ago. I sometimes want to send in, like, the... I remember Capcom, all of their PS1 games have this thing. It's like, snip off the edge of this instruction manual and send it in for, like, gamers' points. And it's just like, I've never known anyone who ever did that, <laughs> but I want to see what happens if I do it now, but I don't want to deface this ancient manual. Please, I can't hurt my copy of Resident Evil 2. <laughs> Yeah, I love the the propensity for Atari games to be based on things that manifestly shouldn't be video games. <laughs> like, imagine, uh, imagine being contracted and being told, "Okay, you got three months. I need you to write an Atari game based off of an ad campaign about dogs chasing a tiny cartoon chuck wagon into a." cupboard that then shows that then is opened to reveal Purina dog chow <laughs> and just accepting that that was going to be your life for the next few months <sighs> the object of each maze screen is to move Chucky the dog through mazes of four different designs and escape through the opening directly below the chuck wagon so someone just gave up and was like what if Pac-Man was less complicated <laughs> You know, speaking of ad campaigns, um, I don't know where this came up, but uh, recently got a bunch of the Ernest movies for my kids. Oh, man. 
and we watched Ernest goes to camp, and then we watched uh, last night Ernest goes to jail. And remember when he gets lightning powers for some reason? Oh, oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> he got the light. Apparently, that was in another movie too. But in the Ernest goes to jail, he was he was getting fried every five minutes. Um, very strange. And ended up in the electric chair. <laughs> yeah. Remember when they tried to put Ernest to death? <laughs> when it got to that, my actually my four year old had fallen asleep, so I was like, "This may be a good thing that he fell asleep before this part." <laughs> but I didn't know that that whole Ernest character was a huge air ad campaign. He was like a freelance ad campaign in the sense yep. that, like, you could buy, you could have him, like, he was existed separate from any sort of specific corporation. It was just like, correct. But yeah, the the history of Ernest is fascinating by virtue of the fact that it's like started as an ad campaign, and the ads are charming. You can see why people liked them. Mm-hmm. Jim Varney was like a fun presence, and you know, kind of completely inimitable, which is why we probably still haven't seen anyone try to bring back that. But no, like, apparently, I was reading up on him, and so he did so many local. I think it was like in somewhere in Nashville, Tennessee, yeah. where he started. But he did so many like local ones that by the time like he kind of got regionally or popular, he couldn't really do a lot of national brands because they would conflict with many of the brands ones that, that he had already for advertised yep. for. I think he did some Seven uh, Up ads. I feel at one point. No, he did Sprite because I saw oh, it on Sprite. YouTube. That's what it was. I, just yesterday, and he's like, "I don't know why you want that Seven Up, man. You got Sprite." Know what I mean? And, uh, Mountain Dew, and oh, don't drink no Mellow Yellow. <laughs> Imagine feeling like you needed to call out Mellow Yellow as a problem, <laughs> as something that needed to be to warn the consumer against, as though your local supermarket was even stocking it. <laughs> But yeah, there's like a there's there was a sketch Ernest TV show briefly. Hey Vern, it's Ernest. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. yeah, I went I went deep down the Wikipedia hole on that uh, after the movie last night. Maybe skip showing the children. Ernest goes to Africa. Oh, that one hasn't popped up. I haven't seen. It's it's one of the last ones, and it's very much a like. Huh, you should probably have thought a little bit harder about what the implications of the things you were doing were. <laughs> but, yeah. In this day and age, that's probably not the best. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's there's, we're probably better off that they didn't get the time, that they were not able to make Ernest in the Voodoo Curse. <laughs> but I, I would have liked to see Ernest spaced out. I, I feel like Ernest not going to space is a failure uh, of humanity. Yes, my kids, uh, other than running around and saying, uh, excuse you, princess, or excuse me, princess, or whatever Link said all the time, um, they're, ew, <laughs> and making the Ernest face with the lips moving back and forth. They love I that feel, one. I feel like the... I, I I feel like the most iconically, the the thing that best uh, symbolizes what Ernest was as a pop cultural artifact is the like season three or four Simpsons joke, where uh, you get a uh, film marquee that just says Ernest goes somewhere cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
mentioned. Yep. That was on Wikipedia too. That they they made tons of money off all those movies, even the direct video one. Cheap film. Because yeah, I mean, it was literally like, hey, let's go here for a weekend and do a bunch of gags, and we're fine. And you know, the kids will like it. Uh, oh man. So this is this is an unreplicable experience, but it's absolutely an experience I will remember until I'm dead. <laughs> but uh, there was a period where I was I was like. Uh, I was helping a friend move and like some of their family had come by to help as well. And their family was staying at a, a, a hotel. They had the TV on, they were resting. And so it was just me and this friend, the only ones awake, there was a TV on and it was playing Ernest Saves Christmas without any sound on. And it was just one of the strangest experiences I've ever had in my life of watching that film with no wow. <laughs> in a largely silent, dingy hotel. <laughs> my kids swear that we've seen that, and I don't have it on my Plex server or anywhere else, so I don't know where or how they believe they've seen that. Uh, there, there may be enough saved Christmas movies out there that they are confused. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that, like, all those Ernest movies used to, like, this, this is a bygone era. All of those used to run very cheaply on on uh, whatever TV stations didn't have enough space to fill out, didn't have enough oh, yeah. programming to fill things out. I probably haven't seen, like, Ernest Goes to Camp in 20, 25 years easily, but, like, I knew every line, every scene, and we never had that on video at home. Excuse so, me. Excuse me. We've left this podcast behind. We're going to have to wrap up fairly shortly. But uh, I, I just want to bring up the list of categories that Ernest Goes to Jail sorted into on Wikipedia. 1990 films, English language films, American films, American children's comedy films, Ernest P. Worrell films, films about capital punishment. <laughs> They're not wrong. It is true. That does happen. Yeah. <laughs> I I just I love any time you get to like one one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> uh, Wikipedia categories. Uh, R.I.P. Jim Varney, uh, beloved Ernest P. Worrell and Slinky Dog from Toy Story. Mm. Uh, had a great voice that is uh, definitely influenced by being a lifelong smoker that uh, took him from us much too early. Mm. Were he still alive, he'd be 70 now. Mm. He uh, passed in February of 2000. Probably would have been just before or just after Toy Story 2. Just after Toy Story 2. Uh, well, on that sad note, we should probably end. <laughs> yeah. And make hard. an earnest yeah. RPG coward. I am fighting off a cold, so I should get to bed. Ernest goes to <laughs> Ernest goes to fight God. Shin Megami Tensei 6. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> okay, well that's I would play that's, that. 
<laughs> I would play it too. <laughs> yes, uh, questions in the usual place. Um, if you've listened this par far, you've probably also already beaten Final Fantasy VII Remake, so send us your own thoughts. Yeah. As you can tell, we both liked it a lot. <laughs> yes. It's very good. And, um... Oh, uh, and, uh, next week okay. is the 10th anniversary of the first Q Q&A column I wrote. Yeah. That's terrifying. Yes, it is. I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, if you have any memories or old questions you'd like us to revisit, feel free to send them in. We'll, we'll probably re-answer the original questions. Yeah. I think we've done that before, but we'll do it again. Yeah, why not? We can speak smugly from future knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> you fool. You absolute moron from 2010. <laughs> Will we ever see another Suikoden? <laughs> uh, yeah, so questions go in the question zones, a.k.a. the comments section and or... <laughs> a.k.a. the comments section and or the podcast yeah. section of the Discord. Oh, I just uh, realized I never mentioned who that Discord question was from. It's from Eternal Youth. Okay, good. Uh, didn't we have another one from Berserk Alucard that we need to answer? Uh, next week. Oh yeah, yeah. Next week we will br bring up the. I think it was about cool swords. We'll need to do that. I do like cool swords. Uh, so yeah. Uh, sincerest apologies. I forgot that we had any in the in the podcast section of the Discord. So yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, questions go in the Discord or they go in the comment section. Uh, remember to consider picking up uh, Gaijin's books, uh, Princesses, of the Pe Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, available on Amazon. Uh, uh, author listed as Michael Yarimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U. So, you know, listen, someone has to make the plug. Hey, I've enjoyed the first five, six somewhere around there i'm sure he'd be happy to hear that <laughs> the first one it's very fun I'm going to continue so, yeah. on. and so otherwise uh see you space cowboy know what i mean burn <laughs> <laughs>